We had a hearing today and it was streamed live. We got to watch as we heard from the Trump campaign's lawyer under oath about evidence that there was voter fraud in many states. Again, let me stress that for you, because many on the left and the mainstream media don't seem to understand this. The Trump campaign lawyers stated definitively under oath, this is our evidence of voter fraud. If you think they're lying, please, you know, send the prosecutor and give me some perjury charges. All right, make it happen. But for now, you can't keep saying they have not presented their case under oath. And you can't keep saying there's no evidence because they certainly presented it. Well, Rand Paul steps up and he says, in many ways, the election was stolen. There was fraud and something must be done. He went, he didn't go as far as to say because of fraud, which is the, the fancy phrase that YouTube will ban us for, but he did make a pretty bold statement. And that means to many people, Rand Paul is going to be the senator who joins the House member Republican, probably Mo Brooks, and disputes the electoral vote come January 6th. And in my opinion, this means nothing. Because the Republicans have no political willpower and probably will do nothing. And Mitch McConnell's already begging Republicans to roll over and let the Democrats do what they want. So I certainly imagine that come January 6th, you may see some principled Republicans and you'll see most of them go, but I don't want to. Can't we just let the Democrats do it? It's so much easier. Welcome to politics, everybody. Today, we're hanging out with Jack Murphy. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Yeah. Schedule got messed up for a little bit, but here we are Wednesday night. It's good to see you, Lydia. Made it through the blizzard. Made it yeah. through the blizzard. You know, nothing was going to keep me away tonight. Nothing right. at all. Four-wheel drive, 35 miles an hour. <laughs> nice and slow. Yeah, yeah man. man. So when when they, it says like, it's, I guess, the biggest nor'easter in a decade or whatever that's, that's hit, yeah. you know, the area. Wow. And people were like, is, is Jack going to be safe? He's going to make it. I was like, I, I was, I was like, Jack's driving four by four. He's going to, yeah. he's not going to, he's going to, not going to flinch from this. Tim did. He scoffed when I said, I don't know. I told Jack that maybe he shouldn't come up. He tonight. did. Ian, like, Ian did. And then Lydia went out in the street, took a picture. She's yeah, like, it's all good. It don't worry about it. I'm from Midwest, but, man. I can deal with this. Plus in DC, it snowed 40 inches. And wow. then like two days later, it snowed 40 inches again. Oh, Whoa, wait, recently? Yeah, yeah 10 years ago. Oh, it was right called on. Snowmageddon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, this yeah, 12 yeah. inches is nothing. Yeah, I know. Not only that, I was like, if if Jack can't make it up while being this, you know, like six foot five bearded man, <laughs> I I demand he walk here yeah. through the rugged <laughs> snow. Like, I'm coming on the well, Nothing's going to stop me, Tim. <laughs> nothing's going to stop me from seeing you. I missed you, dude. Right. Yeah, yeah. I took a week off. I have missed you, nice. Ian. Um, and we don't live on a mountaintop. I, I kind of was like over dramatizing like <laughs> how far deep into the woods. We, we, we actually kind of do. Yeah, kind of. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Not the top top because it goes up more in the back, but uh, we, we're in mountainous areas. Definitely. But, you know, it's not like Everest or anything, yeah. you know, but, it, but it's elevated. <laughs> it There's a freeway. Yeah. Well, Luke's not hanging out Everest. too. Well, hi, I am the optimistic residential Uncle Eddie. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. That's it? Yeah. You I normally mean, have some ridiculous dumb thing to say? Yeah, I always no, you're do. Uncle Rico. Luke no, no. shoveled the ice and snow off his RV today. He did, yeah. I yes. got video of it. Yes. And he was trying to throw snowballs, but his he's aim was awful. Terrible aim. Next time, do the sidewalk to the door while you're at it. Eh? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but we, but, but some, uh, we have, we have uh, a guy who lives, lives close by, has a, has a, a plow. The whole, the, Tim's 12-mile approach you know, mm. from the street up the driveway takes about 25 minutes to drive it up. True, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was totally plowed. We Tried, we we yeah. tried using an old skate deck to go down it, oh my so but you start going so fast because it's 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 not it wasn't snow it was slush and sleet and like 
ice. Is that why there was just that one random skate deck on the porch when yep. they came yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, soaking why. wet. Because we were jumping on it. And then once you get to like 60 miles an hour, you give up and then slide. No, no we didn't go that fast. <laughs> you could totally, and then you'd lose control and just flip out. But the cool thing about it is when you fall, you just slide down, down the asphalt. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's ice. It's cold. That's about it. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's going on here. And uh, uh, one more thing. I'll give a shout out to... Um, to Verizon for um, six months ago, we were supposed to have internet installed. They finally show up, installed the wrong box, mm-hmm. told us they finished the job. They didn't. We have no way to connect to it. And uh, now we're sitting here and uh, the Ver- Verizon keeps calling us being like, but it's already set up. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing that connects. We, we had an IT guy come out and he's like, you can't connect to this. It's a Verizon equipment. It's the magic of they corporatocracy. It's amazing your 2400 dial, dial up here has been performing so well. Yeah, right. and, the, and the satellite too. But we recently did some improvements because the power kept cutting out. And I don't know why, because we didn't change anything, but we decided to split the, the, the electrical load to different circuits. And then we put the internet on a, a, a different line as well. So it's closer to the modem. I think should be, should be, oh, should be good. Nothing getting in our way tonight. Yeah, we're unstoppable. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, for everything we've just gone through, the, 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 you know, Jack Murphy <coughs> dragging his, his sleigh through the snow to make it here. <laughs> bare hands. <laughs> uh, smash that like button. Subscribe to the notification bell. But let's read this news here, man. Let's talk about Rand Paul claiming the election was in many ways stolen. Now, as all of you know, yes, let's not let's not play games. We don't want to get the stream taken off the air. And YouTube has said that if you say certain things in combination, mm-hmm. they'll just take down the clip. What combos like Iraq, Saddam Hussein, weapons of mass destruction, Al Qaeda? That's okay. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you, you can say that. You can say those smashed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say you can say uh, uh, you can lie to the American people at least. And uh, call for a repeated war, which gets us into this 20-year quagmire. And you can claim that Trump is a Russian asset still, yeah. to this day, uh-huh. working for the Soviets, not just Russia. Because they, <laughs> they said 1987. All right? Mm-hmm. They said 1987. And you, you, you are okay. But if you claim the f- two things. The first is that there's widespread voter fraud or error. And the second, you combine that with a statement that it changed the outcome. They remove your content, boom, just gone from from YouTube, which is really interesting considering a lot of what's coming out right now and this statement from Rand Paul, which I will now read. The Hill reports, quote, the fraud happened. The election in many ways was stolen, and the only way it will be fixed is by in the future reinforcing the laws, Paul said during a hearing with testimony from Christopher Krebs, the president's former cybersecurity chief who was fired by Trump after he reported there was no interference in the election. Paul made the remarks as Krebs, wearing a mask, looked on skeptically, his arms crossed in front of his chest. Thanks for that, uh, the Hill. The remarks were notable because Paul is seen as one of the senators who might join a bid by Rep. Mo Brooks to challenge the election's outcome and overturn the results in several states, despite a series of court decisions that have rejected claims of widespread fraud as unsubstantiated. That is false. Fake news from the Hill. Most of these cases, as far as I know, and it's challenging because there's many were procedural grounds. In fact, I'll put it this way. Maybe that's true. But in the hearing, it was stated by numerous people that the claims in these lawsuits pertaining to fraud were never actually ruled on the merits. So they didn't say necessarily it was unsubstantiated that there was widespread fraud. They said things like you have no standing or it's too late to sue or, you know, this is a criminal matter that must be investigated and not for a civil court or whatever. I'll also point out Chris Krebs, who said there was no interference he said specifically from a security perspective, security, because he's a cybersecurity guy. He said fraud. Well, that's a criminal matter I have nothing to do with. So that's really important. When we're talking about this now. 
I don't know uh, uh, if Rand Paul actually actually will step up, especially I don't know if you heard Jack Mitch McConnell basically saying, you know, leave Trump high and dry. Don't do this. I don't think we can count on the GOP for support in this matter as much as I would like to. I'm curious about Rand Paul going out on a limb here. What do you I mean? What do you mean? Are, is, well, it, you know, just he's always sort of been a renegade, right? And doing his own thing. And, you know, he's really making kind of a stand here. Him and Ted Cruz have really stepped up, taking some action to try to, you know, investigate it, at least see what's happening. Yeah. And, uh, and, and take a principled stand. I guess Rand's comfortable out, out there by himself, huh? He's always been. He's yeah. always, he, he, what did he filibuster the NDA, yes. the, 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 uh, the defense bill? Yeah. That's supportive of Trump. Trump says he's going to veto it. I don't know if he can because. Republicans and Democrats are alike are like war good more war fantastic more war. we don't care what Trump thinks Ted Cruz started smoking pot like six years ago is that true what I what? don't know he just seems like he started smoking pot he totally he changed he used to be this uptight nerd and then he started growing a beer now he's like this hippie Republican <laughs> <laughs> I mean I something I have no him, other you know? explanation yeah, yeah he took mushrooms or something well come January 6th we're gonna find out I'm willing to bet the Republicans with absolutely zero political willpower are going to sit back and be like, but I don't want to do any work. Dude, Rand Paul is not a Republican. Like, he's a Republican, but he's not anything like Mitch McConnell. Like, he's a completely different uh, uh, creature. Like, yeah, he is. I would Maybe he's like a libertarian. Just he is in- very libertarian, yes. yeah. Yes. He's a lot like his dad. But because the Libertarian Party has no representation in our government, he's They just- run as Republicans. It's why Bernie runs as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the interesting thing about the progressive left is that Bernie, when it became obvious that he wasn't going to win... Or I should say that when he just, when he folded because he should have kept pushing it, you know, he just dropped down and started licking the feet of the of the DNC establishment where Trump was like, no, excuse me, excuse me, no, no. And then he took over. And then the Republicans, it was it was inverted. It's interesting. Bernie and the progressives were forced to drop down and beg the establishment for some kind of time and, and, and presence. And they barely get any leverage. Trump was the other way around. Trump took over and the establishment Republicans were like, Oh no, what do we do? You're the Trump party now, baby. So they had to listen to what Trump wanted, you know, and they, they had to, they had to get behind Trump to the best, you know, to a certain extent. And it's really funny how many Trump supporters really did say okay to the Republicans. And now, now things are getting totally different. I mean, first of all, I'll tell you, when I see memes from Trump supporters mocking police officers, I don't know if you saw this one, because you saw what happened in Michigan where the, the cop at the state capitol wouldn't let the Republican electors, <coughs> the electoral yes. candidates sorry, saw in that. the building. Yep. So then all of a sudden, Trump supporters posting memes basically saying these, these cops are, you know, not heroes. They only care about their paycheck and not the will, you know, not the Constitution, stuff like that. So th- that sentiment's already changed. And now they're basically going nuts after Mitch McConnell saying it's time for him to, you know, for, for a new party leader. Yeah. I, I think it's gone. definitely fair to say that the GOP is fractured and that the political realignment is happening right now in a very interesting way where a lot of people who are anti-establishment are learning that they have a lot more in common than they have different from each other. But also, very interestingly, the Washington Examiner also just tweeted that in Nevada there are, there are still legal arguments that, quote, 42,000 people voted more than once, that at least 1,500 dead people voted, and that 19,000 people uh, voted even though they didn't live in Nevada. So we're still still hearing some of these arguments. Will they actually translate and that mean was, something? That was stated under oath yes. by a Trump campaign lawyer. Exactly. So if they think there's no evidence and he's lying, congratulations. You got him. The Trump campaign lawyer is going to go to prison for lying to Senate under oath. Congratulations. There you go. So how about now we get his files, we present them in a court of law. That way you can all send the Trump campaign lawyer to jail. How does that sound? 
<clears throat> never will happen. Too they, much. They dis- don't. They don't want these guys going, going no, to court. Of course, they don't not. want the merits presented. Absolutely not. No discovery. None of that. Yeah. When when uh, the Trump lawsuit, I think, was in Nevada, the judges didn't even the, the, the court didn't even want to look at the evidence. They were like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. The but- Supreme Court, which is in favor of him, which was selected. Uh, There's a large number of people that were selected by him for the Supreme Court that were from the 2000 Bush v. Gore case. They, they're like, oh, we don't want to hear it as well. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, what else do what else, what other you know writings on the wall do we need to to see that there's a big rift within the establishment? I, I don't get why the court gets to pick what they decide to look at. Like we, they wrote, they work, for, they work for us. They're so a, why don't we just give them what to look at? They're an appellate court, not a trial court. So they still work for the people, right? But they're an appellate courts, right? So the way it works is you can file in court and have your trial and then the judge issues their ruling. Congratulations. You're a citizen. You have that right. Now appeals courts, they can reject you and say the law was upheld. So when the Supreme Court says we're not going to look at it, usually it's because they're like, this decision was legit. Bye. We, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bother with it. That, there, there you go. Usually. But in this situation, in this situation, obvi- it was really different because Texas, the lawsuit from the states, it's uh, it's called original jurisdiction, meaning who does a state go to when they're filing a uh, you know lawsuit against another state? They can't go to a circuit court because a circuit might be in one of these states or un- totally unrelated. So they they filed the Supreme Court. Alito and Thomas believe they're obligated to take up these claims to represent this, you know, the, to, to oversee these disputes between the states. But apparently Trump's appointees, Gorsuch, uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh did not agree and felt that they have the right to say no to these, to these, uh, uh cases. We'll see if anything comes of it. I think one of the, one of the important things people need to realize about whether or not the election was stolen or anything right now, we're well past the point of the election. I don't think at this point the election matters in any, any way. Right. The media said Joe Biden won. The Electoral uh, College came and had their official votes. And they said Joe Biden, they voted for Joe Biden. Joe Biden gets the gets the uh, the, the electoral votes. What we're, what we're talking about right now is Trump versus the establishment. Can Trump win in this ongoing fight? The numbers of votes don't matter as far as I'm concerned. OK, you know why? We get a report out of Antrim and uh, an- Antrim in uh, Michigan where a guy straight up says these machines are designed to have massive errors. Like that, that was his, his assessment. And we had Hunter Avalon on the show and he said, I don't believe it effectively. He said, this guy is a Trump supporter and he's crazy and he's put out false information before. And I'm like, great. That's exactly my point. The left is going to be like, why would I believe this report from a Trump supporter? And I go, you're, it's a great point. Why would I believe anyone who's a, not a Trump supporter when they come to refute it? In which case, all that really matters, confidence, legitimacy, and influence. Trump wins if more people believe in him than anything else. I don't know if that's going to happen, especially with people like Linwood and Sidney Powell really, really hurting Trump's legitimacy, like seriously hurting it. When regular people are not paying attention and you get some crazy Kraken story, you know, Hugo Chavez or whatever, I'm going to be like, what? What? I don't know. What is that? That sounds crazy to me. And so that hurts Trump's legitimacy. If they came out and made a constitutional argument about uh, uh, changing the rules, a regular person says, well, that's a, you know interesting constitution. Oh, yeah, violation of the constitution. I understand that. Trump needs to convince more people because right now I'll tell you this. If 100 million people woke up today in the, you know, or tomorrow morning and all said Trump is president, Trump would be president. <laughs> Regardless of like uh, seriously, if everyone in this country just one day said the Constitution doesn't exist, then it wouldn't exist. It, it, it's its power is held in the fact that people swear an oath to it, that we, we we believe in the system, we have confidence the system exists, 
And that's what matters. So Trump is fighting a kind of battle to, to prove some kind of legitimacy. The reason it's going through the courts and the reason it's going to go to January 6th when they dispute is to use the system that exists now to assert legitimacy. That's it. But I'll tell you this. They say it's over. Bet fair, right? They do the they do political betting. I think they're based in the UK. Said December 14th, the Electoral College voted. Joe Biden has won the presidency. A bunch of Trump supporters got really mad. Started, you know, tweeting at him saying, what do you mean? Like, they haven't even counted the votes yet. And they're like, well, you have a problem with it. We'll revisit later. The reason Betfair probably paid out is because they want to get their taxes in before the end of the year. You know, their losses and their, like, I guess the way you can put it is they take all this money for bets. And if they hold on to it into the next year, that's all revenue plus. So they need those losses. They need to be like, here's what we paid out and lost. We'll come back to it later if Trump somehow becomes president. It might even be Kamala Harris. I mean, there's... Look, Joe Biden was coughing up a storm. He's an old man. And he announced he's going to be taking the COVID vaccine next week. Oh, my God. So, uh, yes. Anaphylaxis? That's, yeah, that's publicly nah, announced. I think so. he'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Why I'm not saying he won't. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just adding another layer to that. He's going to be doing that as well. So what's happening is there's a system that exists. There are there are stamps on envelopes, certification, right? Official governor's seal. That's the kind of thing that a regular person looks at and says, I recognize that as legitimate. But what if someone came to you with a seal that said, you know, office of the the new what, what we saw? We saw a, a lawsuit that went to the, that signed on for the Texas lawsuit. The Texas lawsuit got two uh, amicus uh, additions from New California and New Nevada. Yeah, what was that? States which do not exist. Yeah, but. What if someone believed it? What if the media announced? What if every news outlet said the state of New Nevada now exists and here's its territory? People would be like, wow, and they believe it. <laughs> then when someone sues, people would be like, there, that, it's, a thing, it's a thing, right? So that's what the media has been relentlessly saying Joe Biden is president-elect, even though president-elect isn't determined until January 6th. They want him to be legitimized. Trump is fighting for legitimacy. The best path for Trump to get legitimacy is on January 6th at this point, and it's extremely unlikely. Maybe. Maybe what happens is that some information comes out, you know, from now until then. And then you have these Republican electoral candidates who cast their votes procedurally. So then, you know, something flips and then the the count says, you know, Republicans support Trump, Democrats support Biden. There's a dispute. It goes to Supreme Court or whatever. Who knows? Trump ends up winning something like that. It's using the system's legitimacy to claim you are president. But I tell you, I think that, you know, when they're saying it's over now, then they're then then they're saying, but on January sixth we'll see Trump's final plan. It's like it's not over election wise until January twentieth, mm-hmm. when Joe Biden sw- you know swears an oath and he's sworn in to the Oval Office and all that stuff, and Trump leaves. What if Trump doesn't leave? He will leave if he's supposed to. Yeah, I believe that a hundred percent. What you bring up is something very interesting, though, is about what binds us. What binds us as people, and it's about shared imagined imagined stories. Right. It's just this thing in our imagination that we know somebody else believes. And so we believe the same imagined, you know, order, the same story. And that's what makes our tribes. And so right now, everything is about who can be the fastest with the story and the narrative, who can have flood the zone with the most information and the most stories that people can latch onto and believe are reality. And that's why the, the stop the steal guys are keep going and the protests keep going and the never give up, no black pill people keep going. Because you're right, it is about just what people believe. That's, this is, that this can shape reality. That's how the U.S. dollar works. This is, right. this yeah. is yeah. faith. historically a tortured existence for human beings. You know why? I was reading about the, the, the war for independence, the Revolutionary War, 
And, you know, back in the day, we talked about this before, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, there were drafts before they signed it. They signed it on uh, July 2nd, I believe. And then the announcement was like July 4th, I guess. And that's when like the final version came out or something. But it wasn't until I think, what was the date? Was it October 29th, maybe? Can't remember. Where the king addressed parliament for the first time after reading the declaration. Months went by, like with nothing happening. And then how long until they actually sent the, you know, the British expeditionary force to the colonies to quell the rebellion? It probably was a, a year. Now, realistically, the Revolutionary War was already happening. It was happening, I think, for like two years before they signed the Declaration of Independence because the, the colonies were already in revolt. So it had been going on for a long time. But this is what I was saying a long time ago. You used to, you'd be sitting on your farm or whatever, or you'd be working on someone's farm, whatever you did. And then, you know, a postal writer would come and be like, we have a letter from the king. It's, you know, it's finally arrived after three months. And you read it and it says like, you know, you suck. And you're like, oh yeah, well you suck. Send it back. And then three months later, the king gets it. A year goes by before any real action is taken. So you were living your life. You were eating food with your friends and your family and you were working, enjoying yourself and in the sun. And all the political stuff was so stretched out. Once every other month, you'd have like some kind of political thing happen and you'd be like, ah, now it's every day, every minute, something changes. I wake up and there's like 10 stories of like crazy apocalyptic news revelations. Rand Paul, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. The DNI chief. It's overwhelming. The DNI chief. And yeah. this is why we had elections in November's and inaugurations in January, because it took people to travel so long across the country to get to Washington, D.C. and set everything up for themselves. But right now, there is a lot to say about this inundation of information, of data, and also who controls it, the algorithms that are set and how they play on our emotions, feelings, and larger expansion of life, which has a huge detrimental effect, in my opinion. There's a lot to say about that. Sorry, I cut I'm, you off. I'm reading, well, the first thing was that we, we was back in the day, it took so long to get information that we actually needed people to represent us in politics. And now we don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we do. No, no De way, dude. You Direct get democracy. all your information immediately. You can interact with anyone in the world immediately. You do not need other people to represent you anymore. That's wrong. That's completely wrong. I disagree with you're, you. Well, you're, you're factually no. incorrect. That's factually Tell incorrect. Tell me how. Because fight, fight. <laughs> how, much, how much news do you read every day? As much as I want. As much as you want. Is it enough to know who Michael Zlachevsky is? That's Ballet a bizarre dancer. question. No, it isn't. No, why? When, when I'm talking about whether is or not... Is it whether, enough? I don't know. You can always read The answer more. is no, because no, some people's jobs... But if I need jobs, to know who he was, I would find some out. Some people's jobs is to collect and disseminate information. And I can't expect a plumber or a tradesman to know everything about what's going on in the world. They say, listen, bro, I can make the best aqueduct system you've ever seen in the world, and you would be envious of my skill. And I would say, you're totally correct. And they'd say, but you know what? I don't know who any of these guys are who are changing money, who are negotiating between these countries. I need someone who can be dedicated to that field of work. They're allowed to give up their power if they want, but they should not be forced to give up their power. Direct democracy doesn't work. It's chaos. It's mob rule. And a bunch of people who have no idea what's going on asserting rights and like their the, the right to control and manipulate the system to a like to to uh, to a direct democracy degree. No, we need a direct republic. I'm not talking about direct republic. What is a direct republic? Where a bunch of us in our district can vote, and then that becomes the yay or nay. We don't need to vote for someone to go say yay or nay for us. Maybe. Um, the other thing I was thinking is that regarding <laughs> the, the media, uh, you know, Joseph Goebbels, uh, he was Hitler's Goebbels, minister yeah. of propaganda. Yep. His quote that if you if you tell a lie big enough and repeat it, keep repeating it, the people will eventually come to believe it. He went on to 
elaborate about lying, just continuously lying. Let me tell you a story to about uh, to create the myth. Let me tell you a story about Reddit. When uh, I think it was, I think it was the Boston bombing. Actually, Reddit was convinced that they had found the suspect, and they started posting photos and the name. And the community all got together and made their decree of who the bad guy really was. And they were wrong. And that's the problem with mob voting or mob yeah. rule or, you know. I remember being on the, the ground in Boston after that bombing happened. I drove up from New York City and just hearing all the fake news reports going around and seeing it translated with panic in the streets of saying, we got to look out, we got to fight for this guy and people not knowing yeah, I know what his was name. I don't want to say there. his name, though, because yeah. he was innocent. Yeah. And so the concern is... I think representative constitutional republic is a good thing. I think the problem is we have corrupt representatives for the most part, almost all of them, except for a small handful. Mm -hmm. But when you have a bunch of people, like even, even a, you know, a direct republic, it's an interesting concept because it would, you'd still have the electoral college. You'd still have, you know, Congress per district and everything like that in different districts, you know, all based on a certain number of people. So you'd still get, you know, senators, I suppose. I don't know how that actually would work with state representation. I guess you'd still have to have senators. Well, no, you wouldn't because, okay, how many representatives are there? 400 now or so, well, however many? Let's pick a number. 500, 500, 500 535 people representing 535 areas. Now, instead of that person saying yay or nay for that area, those people would do a mass vote and then that area would produce a yay or nay vote of the other 534. And then each area would give their one 535th. So what ends I, up happening is what we're supposed to have is a politician who understands the policies, who visits the areas and understands the needs of each area and says, if one group comes to me and says fracking is wrong and destroying the environment, we must ban it. And another group comes to me and says fracking is good. It's the lifeblood of Western Pennsylvania. We would die without it. The politician has to then make the hard decision. Hmm. It's a good point. There's a lot of concerns about fracking, but I think many of these people may be incorrect and I can't take away the livelihoods of people who are, who are, you know, impoverished and not making that much money. So we're going to have to make sure we have some kind of compromise, but fracking will stand. What would happen if you did a referendum on fracking in Pennsylvania? The people in the cities would outvote the rural areas, shutting it down and destroying all of their lives because they don't know anything about that area. They don't live there and they've never visited it. But when you get different districts, when you, when you have districts, the districts vote for their interests. So that would make sense. But when you have senators, those are the people who are supposed to go around the state and understand the full issues. And they try to pander to each and every group to find that right balance of lowest common denominator, maximum vote. The problem is parties on the ballot. I think this is a big thing. We can, we can solve a lot of these problems. We were talking about this the other day. I don't know if you heard us, Jack. We were saying, take political parties off ballots. When you go to vote, there's no political parties. You'll just see names. Good luck. If you don't know who the person is, don't vote for them. But right now, people go in and they go, D or R? D. R. And that's all they're voting for. Get rid of the political parties. Just vote for the person. If you don't know who the person is, well, then don't vote for them. That's your problem. People want to vote for a platform, though. <clears throat> they want to know sort of what the big picture is. They want to know what the worldview is. They the, don't want to just... I, dis I disagree. Yeah. People who vote for Democrat aren't voting because of what they think the platform is or whatever. They're just like Democrat good, Republican bad, or Republican good, Democrat bad. Like, you know, the story we brought up again, the, the trans-Satanist anarchist who ran as a Republican in the primary and won in, I think it was in New Hampshire, right? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because know, people went in and they looked at the ballot and they were like, Republican, 
And then they got really mad when they found out who they voted for. That's your problem. But what we're just talking about right now is the fact that most people are rationally low information. Yes. <clears throat> and so if you get to the ballot, there's a little bit of information that can help you. You're talking about putting people who are low information rationally into an even lower information yeah. position. Yeah. But the, how does how does putting Democrat or Republican help anyone? It's hurt them. It hurt, it's, it's hurt them because now you get Democrats who don't have to actually do anything. They just get elected and then they do nothing. So, you know, you know, what would really help them. If they don't know the names of these people, and so they vote randomly, it cancels everything out. It's just random then. But if they if they go in and they say, well, I know I want to vote for, for, you know, for Trump or whatever, I don't know about the rest of these people, then Trump gets the vote and they don't vote for other people. Yeah. And then the people who get in are the ones that people actually wanted and supported. I think we're all talking about the same thing, and that's low information voters. And the problem is... People aren't informed that they're programmed and whether it's, you know, schools, the mainstream media, Hollywood and more than ever social media, we are seeing the programming of individuals to think a certain way and to have their limited <clears throat> point of view be projected in their small little echo chambers, which prevails on social media more than ever that reinforces people's beliefs rather than having them open minded rather than have them thinking. And I think if we could just get individuals thinking or open-minded or, or set up the cultural institutions or, 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 you know, culture crash in some ways to, to allow people to see that there's different perspectives, there's different ideas, there's different options out there that I think naturally human beings would go towards those options and then go towards a better path than the crappy path that we are on right now. I think this is one of the most important issues facing the country today. I think that that is a skill that we need to teach people. We call it in the liminal order, we call that personal sovereignty. Yeah. And we talk about how Jordan Peterson often said that people don't have ideas, but ideas have people. Mm -hmm. yep. We want to train our guys to be people who, who identify their own beliefs and are strong enough mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically, and integrated in that capacity so that they can embody those values and make a choice yeah. to live like that, a, a deliberate, conscious choice in your belief system. Because right now, yeah. there's a battlefield in your yeah. brain, and the first mover is often the one who yeah. wins, and you yeah. don't even know it. Let's be honest. When a person is born, they're thrown into the system, and the system chews them up and spits them out, uses and abuses them to the highest level. Kids are told, go get a degree, go get a loan, go be in servitude for the rest of your life, paying off something that you can't legitimately pay off unless you're a slave to the cog of a machine that, of course, ruins any form of logical, real, sovereign, individual existence. So I think that right there is the essential key. But how do we unravel that? How do we fix that? Because I see a lot of institutions. I see schools, mainstream media, Hollywood, social media all reinforcing the establishment line, all reinforcing the doctrine that, that, that puts them on this machine yep. that a lot of people don't know how to escape. The how first, do we do the that? First, it starts at home, and it yeah. starts with parents, and it starts with fathers leading their families and teaching yeah. their kids. These are life skills. Like, yeah. Teach you how to hunt, teach you how to balance a checkbook, yeah. teach you how to be a sense maker, and how to be personally sovereign, and so you can choose your own ideas yeah. and make your own selection. But this is an investment, right? This is an mm -hmm. investment, and, this, and the reason why... The investment makes more sense now than it may have in the past is because the stakes are higher. The stakes are higher. We're not just simply two gentlemen disagreeing over the size of the budget or this or that. We have a fundamental difference in the way that we think the world and the country should be arranged. Different notions of justice, different notions of right and wrong, different notions of truth. Yeah. And so we need to, we need the stakes are higher. So the, the rationally ignorant or had by an idea sort of a selection 
um, the calculus is changing yeah. on that. Well, well, dumb people and low IQ people are getting abused more than ever. And yes. I think it's in everyone's kind of best interest that that doesn't happen because it hurts everyone on the larger kind of spectrum here. And that's why I've been always talking about homeschooling. Yeah. New Hampshire uh, has one of the biggest homeschooling networks. It also has some of the highest IQs in all of the United States, which shows you that, you know, I think it's critically essential to get away from all these institutions. Public schooling is one of them. Homeschooling is a big thing. I always followed Dana Martin. She's a great, amazing speaker and a major proponent of homeschooling. So if you guys are looking into potentially getting into that, definitely probably check out Dana Martin. And, uh, you know, especially if you have a young child coming on the way. I, I would never, ever want my kid to go through a public school system that I went through in New York City because it was absolutely horrifying. So, so, so right now, you have... There's actually a really, really funny meme I saw. I'll start over. It was the bell curve, you know? And on the on the back, it was a really, really stupid-looking, like, drooling person that said Trump won. In the middle is the average, and it says Biden won. And at the end, it's the big-brained, glasses-wearing guy saying Trump won. And and the way, the way I have a look at that is not necessarily that it's correct, but... On the right, mm-hmm. you certainly have a lot of dumb people who support Trump, but then you have a lot of smart people. And uh, you, you can look at not necessarily everyone who's like intellectual dark web types, but like moderate, disaffected liberals, former Democrats, people who are c- consciously looking at what's going on and saying, I'm going to make a decision. This is not the right choice. This is. So certainly you still have your left and right tribalists, your Democrats, your Republicans. But in the traditional political system, it was just the exploitation of the low information voter on, on bo- for both parties. But now with Trump and with Bernie, to a certain degree, you have more active individuals. Unfortunately, I think the left has fake progressive grifters in high profile positions who claim to represent the left, but really don't. I'm not going to say who yeah. they are, but they're very prominent. And then on the right, you have people who will probably be accused of the same thing, but more nuanced discussions, more debate. And an actual interest in intellectual honesty. And I'll give you a really good example. It was Ken Bone. I mean, you guys remember Ken Bone? Oh, yeah. Yes. Everyone, everyone loved him. It was the red sweatshirt guy in 2016 election. He tweeted that he was going to be voting for, I think, Joe Jorgensen. Was that what was happened? Yes. And, and he said, amazingly, all the Trump supporters were like, stand up for what you believe in, man. We respect you. Good for you. And the left were screaming in his face, you're voting for Trump. You know my favorite thing is? When people would say, if votes. When, when they would be like, if you vote, if you don't vote for, for Biden, you're essentially voting for Trump. And then you'd hear, if you don't vote for Trump, you're essentially voting for Biden. So then my friends who like voted third party were like, I guess I voted twice because <laughs> somehow I voted for Biden. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if, because if one, it, there you go. You know, I think that's an under, underappreciated phenomenon is the intellectual wing of the MAGA movement. Yeah. I think there's a lot of very thoughtful people that are analyzing the academic and philosophical trends and that they're really taking a principled stance. Somebody like James Lindsay is a guy who went through a very public experience of coming to grips and understanding that in order to stand up for what he believed was right, he needed to get in with MAGA. And there's a lot of people on that edge, you know, that you keep thinking are going to break this way are going to finally see, you know, guys like Andrew Sullivan or Eric Weinstein and those guys, you think that they're just on the cusp but they're not. There's just nowhere near. Sullivan just disappoints me all yep. the time. At this point, I used to really like that guy 15, 20 years ago. I used to really Sam like Sam Harris. Him a lot. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so crazy that Sam Harris is famous for his articulate uh, uh, assessment of radical Islam. 
And he sits on that on Bill Maher with Ben Affleck, and he's like, when we look at uh, the, the concentric circles, you can see that 51 million people is explaining how, like, there are illiberal beliefs among this religion. And I think it's a fair point. Many religions have illiberal beliefs within them. But then Ben Affleck just snaps, and he's like, it's racist. Blah. And then Sam Harris is like, well, I disagree. Why can't we have a rational discussion? And then the Trump supporter is saying, you know, figuratively now, this doesn't really happen. A Trump supporter says, you're right, Sam Harris. Let's have a conversation about Trump. Well, Trump is awful. He's a racist. It's like, you're supposed to be smart, dude. Right. You're supposed to be calm and rational. Right. Instead, he tweets all this ridiculous, you know, nonsense about Trump. So, so anyway, back to the point. The Democrats, I can prove with one simple fact. They survive only on the low information voter. Dude. And do you know what that fact is? What? They tried, they, they pushed for 16 year olds to vote. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's, listen, you can argue that 16 year olds should have the right to vote. Fine. But you're not going to tell me that a 16 year old is a high information voter. There may be a small group of what, 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 what did Jen call them? Indigo children who are yeah. just <laughs> gifted and, and, and know in their prodigies. They exist. Very, very smart young people, but politics. There's so much you have to learn and experience through life to truly empathize and understand. It's possible to be a very smart young person and have understood that. Maybe, you know, you spent your, your formative years working and traveling, so you got a, a bigger dose of reality than the average person. A lot of these kids grow up institutionalized and never see the world. Even after they're 22, graduate from college, they still never left their hometown. Yeah. So many of the kids in this country haven't left the six square block radius of their house or their apartment in the city that they live in. And the Democrats' plan is we should get them to vote. Why? Yep. Because low-information voters— are dancing behind the Pied Piper as they lead them to the ocean. They're going, doot, 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 we'll give you all this free stuff, come. You know, you know what I always thought? It was really funny. Did he just call them rats? What? Yeah, kind yeah, of. I think he did. <laughs> sure, I guess. Uh, it was an analogy. I wasn't trying to insult them. Uh, I wasn't trying to insult them as rats. I was trying to insult them as rats. Low intelligence. Right, yeah. So, uh, but listen, listen. Lemmings. When I was, when I was younger, I thought about something interesting because I met a lot of people who would tell me that they were you know, Republicans because they were fiscally conservative, but they didn't agree with Republicans on social issues. And I'm like, right, this is kind of like the libertarians were, right? But then I thought about a lot of the arguments about personal responsibility and the Democrats' arguments for welfare, benefits, free, you know, free, free healthcare, free college, free this, free that. And I'm like, man, it really does sound like you've got two parents and your dad is saying, Look, son, if you want to buy candy, you got to go work to get the money to buy the candy with. And the mom's going, just give him the candy, dear. It's okay, honey. And then gives the candy. Which one is the kid going to pick? Free candy. Yeah, but, you know, you make an interesting uh, comparison there. It, in raising a child, having a mom who's going to coddle you and give you stuff and a dad that's going to tell you to take risks and, and tough love, that's a great combination. It is. Yeah. That produces a healthy child. But not a healthy, a healthy nation. But, but that's becoming rarer and rarer. And right, then we indeed. have a lot of people being shipped in to be the nannies. And yep. the nannies are like, let's just put the kid in front of the TV or give him a screen. And as you said, kids sometimes don't even leave the six block radius. I would say their eyes don't even leave the screen yeah. for more than uh, the entire day that they're up and awake. I just got a really good idea for a skit. It's two politicians. One politician is, you know, he's like, Got a, he's got, he's not wearing a tie. It's, you know, it's unbuttoned. He's really relaxed. His sleeves, you know, his, are folded up or whatever. And, and he's like, listen, we're going to get this country back on track, but it's going to take hard work from all of us. And we're going to pitch in. We're going to strengthen our community. And together we will lead this nation anew. Crickets. And then it goes to the next guy and he's dangling keys. Hee! And then they're all going, yeah. 
they're cheering and clapping and celebrating. And then it's like landslide, and it's a picture of him holding keys and dangling. I think that's a meme <laughs> that you're Probably. describing there that I yeah. saw a couple of times. But again, if you're paying attention, I'm seeing a lot of people who are in politics, who are in social commentary, becoming more and more worried. Because it definitely seems like the low information voters, the disenfranchised, the angry are becoming bigger and bigger. I don't know if that's just something that we're seeing because of the social media lens that we have. But it definitely seems like there are more people who are not in the know than the people who are in the know. Well, you know, it used to be that the people were, I hate this low information voter. It's insulting. I like the, the phrase uh, rationally ignorant, right? The, the rationally ignorant uh, used to just be that, rationally ignorant. But now through casual interaction through social media they're not just rationally ignorant now they're just like accidentally uh, you know what's the word when you become id you know an ideology where you ideologue you know, yeah you come an accidental ideologue right just through through incidental contact on social media they were they were rationally ignorant but now because they were posting you know pictures of what they had for lunch and talking to their grandma now they're also getting this like uh, incidental radicalization they're taught to be experts in everything and right they Which are is... being abused yes yes um, they are with yes. the r and the d on the voting ballots it's they're being manipulated to vote for what a feeling that they have that if a democrat they picture they picture blue they picture certain things and so they just they're they're being abused into into being brainwashed into that to put into that. They're but, they're, they're voting wow. straight party. Yeah, that's that's and like a form of abuse against someone's in, yeah, sub intellect. If they don't communicate, we communicate sub vocally. We communicate through colors. We communicate through images. We communicate through associations and consistency. I, I, that does, this doesn't bother me having the the, the parties on the ballot, and, and and I find it as a a useful uh, conduit but, but like you for see, information. If you see Ron or Rand Paul, and you're like, I love that guy, therefore I must vote for Republicans, and you then you want to put in something like Mitch McConnell into office. Yeah, like, right. What, have I done so I don't I I think it's real uh, a mind screw to 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 trick people into voting a certain way well that's that the whole the whole thing you know there's a reason why they made the president minimum age 35 right why why can we vote for the guy under 35 as I'm getting older and crankier and get off my lawner I'm thinking you know we should be raising the voting age and you know with skin in the game but now I don't want to get too crazy. Well, so this is that's what I said yesterday. I said that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things yeah, yeah. we've seen over the past couple hundred years is that we've eroded the nature of the republic closer towards uh, federalization and direct democracy. That's been a, a onward trend, uh, a, a big trend. So that's I think that has sort of changed the shape of what this country is. It used to be that the states would appoint electors. It used to be that the states would appoint senators. And then we've slowly changed all the rules to be like popular vote, popular vote, popular vote. And now they're trying to do it once again. National popular vote. Should yep. should we, if we believe in the founding, we believe in the original principles of the country, we believe in the Constitution and all that. As a thought example, if we brought the founding fathers back today, coached them up on what was going on, shouldn't we just do what we think that they would say, what they would do? What would their no. reaction be? No, Why I, not? I, I, sometimes, I so. yeah. Because they lived in extremely different times, and, and the ideas of classical liberalism to them were relatively new. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of mistakes that they made. In fact, the Declaration of Independence disparages the Native Americans as a, like, part, part, partly the reason they wanted independence was the crown was like using Native Americans against them, and it's like, there's a lot of things true, true. We, we've changed our views on, yeah. but 
the, the general concept of individualism, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they would look at the Constitution and be like, how many amendments? Wow, that's fantastic. As we, you know, they negotiated, I think, the Bill of Rights, what was it, several years after the Constitution. And the Constitution was actually several years after the Articles of Confederation. So it was a long, it wasn't, the Declaration of Independence happened, and then it was like almost, what, like a decade later? They were like 13 years before the Constitution. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jefferson was really down on central banks. He didn't want central banks. And Washington didn't like political parties. Like that, I think they were spot on about. Yeah. Well, Washington, yep. Washington believed in term limits, which should be implemented, I think, everywhere within the Senate and the Congress. And now we're living in a time where literally Hillary Clinton votes in the Electoral College and then says that we need to abolish the Electoral College immediately, <laughs> just like she did a couple yeah. days ago, which is a, a little mind boggling to Swamp say the least. Monsters but, have uh, taken over. Yeah. Imagine if, you know, we didn't have a democratic republic and it was just rule by the masses. I mean, you can only imagine. I, I think we need a uh, parliamentary hearing from the British courts to determine whether or not the vote for the from the founding fathers had any legal authority uh, in the first place. Here, here. Right. Probably so, didn't. So we should uh, retrograde uh, to uh, retrocede back to the United Kingdom. Yes. So I'm joking, but <laughs> just joking. W- when, when I see these uh, uh, these Republican electoral candidates cast their procedural votes and everybody says they're not official, they're illegitimate or whatever. I'm like the founding fathers. I was reading about this. That like by what appointment or election did they become the representatives for the Continental Congress? Right. Like it's actually random. There was no uniform policy between different states as to who would go. And a lot of people felt they didn't actually represent the state at all because many people were loyalists and were like, we don't want a revolution. Stop. We don't want the violence. And in fact, there was there's really interesting writing about how it, it you know, uh, uh, that what was going on, the conflict with the crown was not worth it because too many people were dying and it was too much chaos and it was better to just pay your taxes and shut up. A lot of what we see now for many of these Democrat cities as the governors, uh, you know, pass these edict destroying everything. They're like, well, well, no, you know, calm down. Just Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ass. I'm sorry. That was wrong. I should say conservatives are doing that right now. Conservatives are the ones who are like, you know, and I don't mean Trump supporters or all conservatives, but they're the ones who are just like. You know, the, the Republicans who are saying we have to vote Republican for the Senate. Meanwhile, they won't actually fight for anything. The Democrats are screaming at the top of their lungs, nonstop demanding things, and they get it. And the Republicans are just sitting there going like, uh, in a minute, and then sure, fine, you can have whatever you want. They're not doing anything. Yep. So we're at that point. And, and the governors just absolutely abuse their citizens. As I'm pulling up a story, I just looked at a story here randomly on Twitter of an incident where in New York City, police officers went undercover to order food in a restaurant and then they arrested the restaurant owner arrested. after secretly yes dressing up as normal citizens what? and they walked in the business yes this is a story i could send it to you lydia yeah. if you want right now but this is What's, uh, uh in new york city just another uh the story just broke 40 minutes ago but this is another wow. just egregious Don't example tread on me yeah. Yeah. all it no. does is tread. i sent you the story all lydia. it does is tread yeah. What, 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 what is the flag from the left? The fist crushing the snake saying, we will tread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. You elected these people. They had a banner He's, like that. Yes, I know. Yeah. It's, it's the fist crushing the snake. And what's really funny, it's very similar to a Nazi propaganda of the fist squeezing the snake. Would you be interested in starting a new political party? The MAGA party? The MAGA party. Well, I, I don't think I'd want to start the MAGA party, but I certainly <laughs> think that there are opportunities for new political organization. It's happened before. We've seen it happen in the United States. There's precedent. There's no reason why it couldn't happen today. I'm sure back then they said it shouldn't happen then either. Trump Trump supporters should just do it. You're not getting what you want from the Republican Party. The Republican Party has has not going to fight for you, hasn't fought for you, and that's why Trump happened. Trump came about 
because the Republicans weren't serving the American people the way they wanted them to. Indeed. And so Trump gets elected. And now once the, these establishment cronies get their first chance, they're like, Here's the thing. A political party could change very, very quickly because what we're talking about is the MAGA network. The network is what launched Trump into office over the objections of all of the GOP establishment still to this day. And that network still exists and that network still wants action. And with proper alignment, a plausible promise, that network's you know direction could be just pointed in a different way. Yeah. And if you look at American history, political parties realign all the time and have uh, throughout the beginning of the U.S. Constitution. And we are kind of seeing that happening right now, Definitely. where a lot of the values of the left, and even in, in the year 2000, are becoming the values of the right, which is becoming anti-war, pro-free speech, uh, which, which is something that we never thought would be something that Republicans would be kind of representing, or not well, even Republicans, people on the right, which I think is a more what, fair what, example what, what, of saying. But here's the, here's the problem. When, I, when we have these guests on the show who are like in their 20s and they're Democrats who voted for Biden, they were, they were, they were children when Occupy Wall Street was happening. They were, they were, they were toddlers <laughs> when George W. Bush was starting these wars. Yeah. They weren't alive, yeah. many of them, yeah. when 9-11 happened. Or they were babies or you know, completely yeah, unaware. That's why I brought 9-11 up yesterday. So listen. Yeah. I was at Occupy Wall Street. Luke was at Occupy Wall Street. Ian, you were at Occupy Wall yeah. Street. We we all sort of experienced this and were, you know, a bit older than these younger guys. We are now finding ourselves as, you know, like you, Jack, Democrat, Democrat to deplorable. Me as, you know, eh, milquetoast centrist, but I did vote for Trump because I think it was the right choice. And then these younger people who didn't experience the Obama administration to the full effects don't know anything about it. So the left is courting young people who are, I'm going to say it low information. They don't know anything about this and they're being exploited. Then the only alternative for people like us is we need an alternative. So we go to the Republicans and that creates a cycle where the, the country always veers left always. And it won't stop. That's a problem. There needs to be a point where we have principled conservatism that stays where it is. And then principled sort of more, I don't, I don't want to say leftism, but maybe uh, social liberalism or some left-leaning policies and a real negotiation on how far is too far in either direction. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It's just always going to the left. The Republicans don't fight for anything. I don't know if you heard what Michael Malice said. He made a really good point. I keep bringing it up, but I have to. When Obama got his way and said, you are legally obligated to buy health insurance or pay a fine, where were the Republicans to say, okay, and we'll negotiate there. We will absolutely give you your individual mandate and we want one of our own. Everyone must buy a gun, otherwise pay a fine. Where is the inversion? Where is the other side of that argument? The give and the take. Yeah. There's none. It's yeah. Republicans going, we think you should slow down. And they say, no. And then the Republicans say, slow down. And then a year goes by and the Republicans are like, okay, fine, you can have it. Yeah. There's nothing resisting. So here we are. You know, I grew up a uh, punk rock skateboarder and uh, voted for Trump. And you were a Democrat, voted for Trump. And why? Because they changed on social issues. Yep, I, th I think that's that's fine. You know, progress on social issues and civil liberties and stuff. But if it's changing the economic policy in a way that's destroying everything, we've got a serious problem. And that's what's basically happening. It's, it's, it's a constant quest for power where you have one side that demands it and takes it. And another side, the Republicans, who are just like basically holding a rope and being dragged along the way. Nine million people changed their vote from Obama to Trump in 2016. I wonder if that number grew significantly in this last election. It just doesn't seem to have been enough. Don't forget that he only won in 2016, 77,000 votes across three states and just a handful of counties really made the difference. How do you feel about a peaceful divorce? I'm all for it. 
But wow. I'm not. Let's let, let me just <laughs> a lot of people are, man. Let me let me just qualify this. I'm all for it in like a brainstorming session. We'd have to get into some real brass tacks to actually make it work. Yeah. But as I was driving up here today, I was thinking, how could we actually get a peaceful sorting? And one way I thought about doing that is maybe if we eliminate, and this is all pie in the sky nonsense, right? But maybe if we eliminate the federal income tax and you put all the social welfare stuff on the states, and then people can just vote. You'd be like, I want to live in a high tax, high social welfare state. And you go there and you pay your taxes. Everybody gets their social welfare. That's great. I want to live in a low state, low social welfare or low tax. Yeah. I'm going to go move there Perfect. and really make it about money. And then let's just see what happens. I mean, it, it kind of is that way. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, federal listen, income tax is pretty big, dude. It, 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 sure, sure. I know. But you're basically saying cut taxes. No, well, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm saying like shift shift the structure around so that people can make choices within this within this structure right now. But look, 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 like we're going to buy a big old farmland in the middle of West Virginia. Yeah. Specifically because you can do things in West Virginia you can't do other places. Yep. You can just like point a gun and shoot it. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. The, I'm kidding. But the federal income tax could also go up to 80% and you're still living in West Virginia. And you're right, still right, 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 right. America. And so. the anti-gun laws that Biden's going to be passing are going to be affecting everyone well, that's, federally. That's when I think we're, at, we're dangerously close to the point where even liberals brains are going to explode because you can only sit sit back for so long so listen i'm gonna pull up these stories we got this story this is the one luke just mentioned uh, undercover cops order food then arrest bar owner for defying nyc indoor dining rules look at this smug disgusting despicable man cuomo he literally killed six thousand people by putting sick covid patients in nursing homes he is in my opinion a murderer who set policies forth that they should have known, that I can't imagine they didn't know. At the very least, fine. I'll tone it down a little bit. He's responsible for the negligent homicide of 6,000 elderly folks by putting COVID patients in these buildings. Now what is he doing? His police, oath breakers, New York police officers, arrested a bar owner for violating COVID restrictions after executing a sting in which they ordered food from the restaurant, AP reported. The New York City Sheriff's deputies entered Mac's public house in Staten Island, New York, and ordered $40 worth of food and beverages, according to a sheriff's office press release. Congratulations, guys. You got them selling that food. That's contraband in New York City. The sheriff's <laughs> officers are wannabe cops. Mark Fonte, a lawyer who represents the bar, told the Staten Island advance. This is what happens when little people get a little power. Each one of them will have to answer to a federal judge. Oath breakers. Praetorian guard for unconstitutional edict that was never passed. At a certain point, the state legislators stopped saying we're going to pass laws. And it's, it's all relatively recent. Check this one out. This is probably the most insane thing I've seen in a long time. Did you yeah. hear this? Cuomo signs bill banning the sale of Confederate flags on New York state grounds and other hate symbols. Clearly, admittedly, according to Cuomo, in violation of the First Amendment, probably New York's constitution as well. Doesn't and care. They, they just do it. And do the police care? Nah. So you know what? At this point, look, I, I moved out of these places. You got Antifa setting up their autonomous zones. Quite literally don't care. Have it. Have at it, bro. <laughs> I don't care. Have Portland. And, and, and I'll tell you this. Yeah, it'll take it. Give, these, give the, them New listen, York. When we saw these riots, I was very much like, dude, defunding and abolishing the police is stupid. You know why? Because you need in a civilized society, and this is like a lot of intellectual dark webs. This is Brett Weinstein said, police need to be able to make arrests. Someone is going to commit a crime and we need a system by which they can reasonably identify somebody, arrest them and bring them in. And so we have these laws. It makes sense. I am not an anarchist. Luke, maybe you disagree. Michael Malice disagrees. But I think 
police, aside from a lot of the, the, the dumb stuff, you know, the quotas, fines or whatever, we need to be able to call a cop and say, you are the essential first layer of defense for when a crime is committed. I report it to you as an official, you know, arbiter. You're neutral. You're not, you know, you know in, in many cases, then it goes to the courts, the DAs, and that's the process we have. I respect that in a lot of ways. But right now, I don't care anymore. I left these places because these cops have no no allegiance to the law, to the Constitution. They are criminals yeah. at this point, well beyond my tolerance level. Well, so let me just say one more thing. When when Michael Mouse was on the show and he mentioned that in New York City, we have a constitutional right to bear arms, but these cops don't let him. They are criminals. And for me, that's not my threshold. I see his point. You know what? I kind of agree with him now. Now, when I see this stuff, the cops arresting a dude for selling food. Yeah. These people are despotic. They are psychopaths. And you know what, man? I, I just if 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 I was given the powers of the emperor, I'd be like those officers badges removed, pensions revoked, exile away, gone. You are a criminal as far as I can tell. I won't lock them up, but get out of here. Well, Tim, one thing you have to understand, these police officers are political. They're not apolitical. They're very political when they're following through on these decrees that haven't even been officially passed by the kind of rule of law that everyone accepts everyone to go by. There's even official uh, case law where the New York City Police Department argued that they don't have to do anything. They don't have to help anyone yep. during yeah. a moment wait, wait, wait. of... That was... You felt... like You, yeah, you interviewed the guy. Yeah. That, the cops, was, like, watched a dude get stabbed. Uh, well, yes. There was a mass murderer running around. Joe Lazito, a guy who oh, yeah. looked very similar to you. I don't know if you know about the story of Joe Lazito, amazing human being. Uh, this random guy starts trying to kill people on the subway. He intervenes. He gets stabbed up. He takes him down. The police officers are literally standing there right next to him watching him as he's getting stabbed in his skull with a huge butcher knife, right? Then as he's subdued by Joe, as the police officers are literally watching the whole time, this whole intercation with guns, with batons, not doing anything, literally, they take Joe off, put the suspect in handcuffs, and they wait there for a long time. Joe wakes up in the hospital, almost lost his life, was an inch away from losing his life because of the blood loss, because of the time it took the NYPD to figure out what was going on. The train was in the middle of the tracks, and they took him a very long time to get them to the next track to get Joe into an ambulance. He wakes up, and he has the mayor there congratulating these police officers who are deemed heroes, of uh, <laughs> who, who saved the, the innocent people, and they called Joe an innocent person. Joe took the NYPD to, to court, one for libel, calling him a victim when he's the one that took down the perp with the knife as the police officers wow. were literally standing there. And the New York City Police Department argued and won successfully that they had no duty to help, serve, or protect yep. anyone. And that's the case law on the books right now that the police officers don't have to do or abide by any kind of uh, decree they, to do anything for you. You know what? They, they, uh, these city cops lost all of my support. Yeah. All of it. You know, it was bad enough when, when I called out the, the 27 cops who were guarding the Black Lives Matter mural. It was illegally painted. In, it, it basically seized yeah. taxpayer dollars to paint a pol political slogan to send a message to Trump, which was just insane and irresponsible. And these cops gleefully defended what was clearly illegal. They don't care. They are breaking their oath. And I said of those cops, take their pension away. Strip them of everything and kick them out. Take their badges. And I want to see them. Look, you're done. You're gone. Get out. At this point, I don't live in these cities. Okay. I left. I was in the Philly suburbs. It was actually a fairly nice place. We had it. Our local department was really, really nice. And uh, we're now essentially in the like nearly to the point where we're officially moved away. And 
I was like, it's insane to say defund the police because most police departments are not big city police departments. Big city police departments are big, massive with huge budgets. Like New York's was like $6 million, but most departments are not. And so you got to make sure you differentiate between what the left is saying when they say defund the police. Well, they're talking specifically about the big city cops, right? They're talking about the places where they vote for these people, these mayors. They vote for these these politicians, these these uh, representatives and these governors. And then these cops get appointed. So your beef is where you live. And you know what I realized? I was like, you know, it's a really good point. Why do I care if Antifa sets up an autonomous zone? I'm not going to go there. I don't live there. And the people who live there vote for the politicians and the DAs who allow it to happen. They must like it. So far be it from me to tell them the way they should live. If they voted for it and it's yeah. being allowed, more power to you, Antifa. Congratulations on your autonomous zone. Don't, you're not going to see any resistance from me. And I'll tell you this. The cops who are there and are fighting with them, I think those cops are in the wrong. You, you can't allow this to happen. The DAs, the, the people vote for it, and the cops try and go and shut it down. Nah, at this point, if you in Oregon want, as an officer, are going to shut down these businesses by edict and, and, and you know, violate the rights of individuals— then why should I care if the people say this is allowed? If the DA says they're allowed to do it, then so, so What if it. someone set up an autonomous zone in your backyard? That's different. You call it cops? Uh, in my backyard right now? Yeah, on private property, on your pro property. Pro pro probably not where we are, Ian, and, and the, the laws of this current location. I think if someone came onto my property, they'd... I would not Being, call the police. It's a bit rhetorical. It, <laughs> yeah. you would They're call probably the in trouble. 99, you might shoot them to death, but you know, ideally you'd call the cops because they're, someone's coming on private property. So that's what those people if are so, it, Bro, we're in the middle of nowhere. It's pitch black outside. If people are lurking on my property, they're going to be in serious trouble. It's, it's, it's not like, look, uh, when I lived on a farm in Miami, we, the, only, the only weapon we had was a 22 brake barrel uh, pellet rifle. Because like we were not gun people at the time, especially me. It was like fun. We were just like shooting targets in the backyard. And one day someone jumped the six foot fence surrounding our property on a five acre plot. And there's, you call the cops. Congratulations. They'll be here in 40 minutes. <laughs> so what do we do? Well, maybe it's not the smartest thing to have done, but I broke the barrel and, and dry fired it. Bang. And the person with the light ran back the way they came gone. If I called the police, they would have said, do you have a gun? Well, then what do you want us to do? We can't, we can't get there for 40 minutes. 40 minutes. It, you know, like where we are right now, like how long it would take? No, 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 no. That's why we are armed. And that's why I'm like, I'm out, I'm, I'm, I'm out of Philly. I'm responsible for myself. If someone in Philly, one of the property, you know, one of my properties are doing something, I'd call the cops and the yep. cops would, in most instances, promptly remove them. And that's why I think, you know, I'm not blanket defund the police. Because that's a, you know something they'll do. They'll resolve the issue. When a guy tried breaking into my other house, the cops showed up literally in like one minute. It was amazing. And you know what the cops said to me? If it was me, I would answer the door with a shotgun. And I'm like, bro, we're in New Jersey. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that it's not that hard, but you know. I have sympathy for the cops. I talk to a lot of cops in DC. I've got a lot of sources inside MPD, and they are always constantly telling me how opposed they are to Mayor Bowser. How opposed they are to the Black Lives Matter stuff on the street. How opposed they are to the uh, sort of rules of engagement that they have and the restrictions that are put on them and and how difficult it is to check out riot gear and like all these things that make it even just harder for them to do their job, harder for them to be safe, etc. There's a constant conflict there. So and, and the guys sure. that staff the D.C. Bro, what bro. are they doing? Hold, about hold, it, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I hear you. I hear you. The moment they go in undercover and arrest a guy for serving food is the moment I say, bye bye. Yeah. I don't care what happens in your yeah, city. Totally. You guys are, are attacking innocent people at this point. 
you, you are harassing, you are degrading and berating and insulting and destroying the lives of regular people who are not hurting anybody. So you know what? You're on your own. But it I don't care like, what New York said, does. That's just a couple of guys. It, that could have been just a couple of, you know, angry jerks. Then I want to oh. see, then I want to see yeah. all of the NYPD calling in a blue flu and saying, this crossed the line. We won't enforce it. Mm-hmm. And they won't do that. They won't. They'll they stand won't back that. while riots happen. They'll have the little slowdown as, of course, riots are hitting Fifth Avenue and they won't do anything then, which they did, uh, and leaving people helpless as, of course, people are just literally running down the street taking whatever they want. That's literally what happened. There was police officers during riots in New York City that were on the same block just standing by, kicking rocks, not doing anything. Fox News was there 2 o'clock in the morning filming them, being like, I don't know what's going on. This huge shock on this Fox News reporter's face. I can't believe the, the cops are just standing there and these guys are just running into all these stores and taking whatever they, they want. What do you think was going to they happen? They did nothing yes. during the riots. Exactly. And in the moment Cuomo says, by decree, the, your life is destroyed, the police went, with pleasure. Yeah, we're going to go I just, I'm going to stick people. up for my DC MPD guys. I think it's different in New York. You know, just that's just the vibe that I get from the cops in DC and what I observe and, and that's, what that, I observe on the street and as a citizen in DC. And that's what I was trying to say just a moment ago. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to blanket my small town cops outside of the Philly area because they were really awesome. They did a great job. But when you look at New York City, why should I care? Yeah. They defunded the cops a billion dollars. Good. I don't care. These cops. They, they, they go undercover and sting a bar Terrible. for serving food. Terrible. But what about during the riots? Terrible. Yeah, just the worst possible. And, yeah. and, and so I look at, I look at uh, uh, Portland, and they got this new you know, uh, Red House Autonomous Zone. They're laying booby traps and stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? At this point, why should I support any of these guys in these cities? They locked down Oregon. They shut down these businesses. And when the riots were going on, many of the cops, when they were told not to interact with the federal police, they said, okay. And they're like, we wish we could help. Bro, you're a human being. You can make a choice. Nothing's stopping you from making a choice. Imagine if like, you look at any comic book hero. Look at the, you know, the, the Marvel movie, Civil War. Imagine if the heroes were all like, oh, gosh darn it. They told us we couldn't go and fight the bad guy. Oh, well. And they just didn't. Yeah. You know, you, may, you bring up a good point with your, with your joke. It does take a superhero to resist, to say no to a direct order. To maybe perhaps violate what who knows what they believe the law is, what their education level is on these decrees versus yep. legislation, whatever. It takes a hero to stand alone in a circumstance like that. I'm not saying it justifies but, doing the sting. Listen, listen. But I'm just saying, like, it does take a special. But we should, well, we should be honest yeah. about this. A lot of officers are self-serving. Yeah. A lot of officers, when they're cho- they're given a choice, hey, do you want to have a paycheck for your family or you want to not have a paycheck for your family? They're going to make the decision that's going to work out for them best. And this is why we have them doing absurd things like dressing up as undercover average civilians. And they and, and this is not the first time something like this has happened. There was undercover officers dressing up as homeless people so they could get people for, uh, you know, giving speeding. Giving money. Yeah, oh. yeah, for, for giving money in some institutions and in some places and also speeding. One, so, one last pushback. Yeah. Humans in every industry do things that yes. hurt other humans. Yes. It's not just the cops. But we should have made make people but, aware of that because people are under this illusion that they're there to protect and serve. Get rid of that slogan here's, and, and say, I am obeying my overlord. That's a more right. accurate statement. Here's, here's the simple way I'll break it down. When there are innocent people having their businesses destroyed yes. who did nothing, yes. I think the police do a good job when they stand up and they defend the, the, the city and they try to maintain order to the best of their abilities. It's a very difficult position to be in. 
And that's why I say when Antifa is calling for defunding the police while burning everything down, I'm like, y'all are nuts. But then what happens when after you've said, thank you, officer, you're a good job, he says, shut your goddamn mouth and cracks you in the mouth of the truncheon. And then he personally throws the brick through your window. Now I'm like, bro, you're Antifa. These cops going to a guy's business and shutting it down. That's exactly what Antifa was doing that I was complaining about. The problem is when an individual, regardless of who they are, where they align, destroy the livelihood of the innocent. And the cops are doing that now. So as far as I'm concerned, they're mud in New York City. Sorry. They're the same thing as Antifa was going around rioting. The cops are doing the same thing now. So who do we get? The feds? Is Trump going to send in somebody? He should. He probably could. But he's not going to do anything like that. And he hasn't done anything like that. And who else is going to do it? Nobody. So, so listen, I want to, I want to reference this one more time. Cuomo banned the sale of Confederate flags, clearly in violation of the constitution. I don't like the Confederate flag. I don't care for that stuff. But how are you going to be like that constitution thing? Screw off. I don't care. We're going to pass the law. And then there's that viral video. I think it was out of California where you had the, it was a Nick's Greek. I think it was. And the health inspector, the door was open. They're like, your door is open. So that's all that matters. You're getting a fine. That's just the law, sir. And he goes, what law? No law was ever passed. There was no vote. There was nothing. It was just edict from some guy. We don't care, sir. These people are are psychopaths. Yeah. And we are in serious trouble because we're at a point now where there's no cohesive culture where people are like, we are a nation of laws and we abide by the Constitution. We're now a nation of people being like, I don't know, just, you know, I was told to do it. Yep, and the bureaucrats that were enforcing these laws that you were specifically mentioning at that restaurant were even screamed at by average civilians walking by saying, why aren't you at Costco? Why aren't you at Walmart? Why are the big multinational corporations allowed to exist? Meanwhile, small independent businesses are getting squashed out as these plutocrats are literally obsessing about a great reset and the redefinition of capitalism that, of course, will empower them with even more authority, more regulations, more rules and more bullcrap that will only happen because these officers are deciding to choose to listen to someone like Andrew Como. And if they decided to have a backbone, some of them are. There's a few sheriffs in New York that decided and said no. And of course, what did Andrew Como did? He, he, what did he said? He said that they're dictators because they're choosing not to follow his own decrees. And this is the person, by the way, that was also seriously accused of abusing a female counterpart, which again, a lot of people in the mainstream media aren't talking about, especially CNN, MSNBC. But most importantly, Joe Biden is considering this man that just banned the, the Confederate flag. Like, like in New York, we have so many problems. We have so many issues we have to deal with. But this man's main objective is to ban a symbol that no one really cares about in New York anyway, that does nothing, just virtual signal to people how much of an authoritarian he is. This man might be the next attorney general of the United States. Imagine the chaos, the pain and suffering that he will cause when he has more power underneath him and more willing servants, Luke. more obeyers that, of course, will follow out every one of his orders without even thinking about it. Andrew Cuomo instructed sick uh, COVID patients into nursing homes, yeah. killing about 6,000 Meanwhile, people. there was hospitals all over New York City. There was the a Javits field, Center was yes. empty. We had a whole huge naval ship brought in that was an entire hospital. Central Park, field hospitals. They didn't use it. Nothing. And then sick elderly Cuomo, patients sent back to This is homes. why I will say, in my opinion... <laughs> the only explanation is that Cuomo did it on purpose. He was laughing and smiling. And he said, we got COVID patients, put them in the nursing homes. But sir, the Javits Center is only at 30% capacity. I said, put them in the nursing homes. Y y yes, sir. I'll do whatever you say because I'm a bootlicker. Dude, he's a...
The no. son of a gun won an Emmy. He won an Emmy <laughs> for his work regarding COVID. And he then he wrote a book. book. Yeah. And then he wrote a book. So congratulating himself about what a great job he did. Meanwhile, he had the highest death record than I think anywhere else in the United States. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? Who's and this, this is going to be the next attorney general no, of the United not. States? Who's the girl? What do you mean? He, uh, what do you mean? Would, by, that's that, that's Biden's number one. To be. He's, he, that's the number one candidate Dude, for Joe Biden job right now. he's daddy. Because yep. Mario Cuomo, yeah. he's got the name. He's and, got a frown on his and face. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let's hold on a second. Let's hold on a second. Jack. Yes. You saw what the Proud Boys were doing. In D.C.? In D.C. Last weekend? Looked a whole lot like Antifa to me. Oh, so we're going to start off like that, are we, Tim? Are we? I'm not a proud boy, and I'm not a proud here to carry any water for them whatsoever. But I saw them them tearing down banners, lighting them on fire. And I've seen Antifa stealing flags and lighting them on fire. And I I think stealing someone's private property and destroying it is wrong. Okay. I think if you want want to have a symbol of your political belief, you're allowed to do it. We have to respect these boundaries. Uh, I agree with almost everything of what you said there, except for the last one. But hold on. The point of this is not for me to rag on the Proud Boys. This is actually me defending the Proud Boys. Okay. When they do, which is not even as bad as Antifa, because Antifa attacks innocent regular people and threatens innocent regular people. Now, it was wrong because the, the, the churches that the Proud Boys ripped the banners off of were innocent. But it's not, to, it's not to the same scale of Antifa, you know, chasing people down the street and beating them. The Proud Boys are facing hate crime charges. Hate crime charges. Possible. 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 And, and wasn't it the, the Proud Boys who got, they were the ones who got stabbed? Proud Boys got stabbed. Yes. Critical Three condition. Of Three of them got stabbed in an altercation. I'm, it's it's yeah. unclear as to who was, uh, who provoked the uh, just, altercation in the first and place. And the Daily Mail admitted the knife from the photo right. they they covered that it. they showed. They totally covered yep. it up. Yes. So, so listen, the, here's, here's the first point I want to make, starting this off, and then we'll carry on. The reason I bring this up in the context of our previous conversation. Yes, sir. Antifa can go around and doing it for years. Yes. The Proud Boys go and do something not even to the same degree, but similar. And immediately the cops are like, hate crime, investigation. We're taking these guys down. Okay, so I have guys on the inside of MPD. We've been talking about this. They've been talking to me. I've been on this story, thinking about it. And first things first is if you burn a Black Lives Matter banner, that's not a crime, right? If you print up a sign that looks exactly like all the other signs and you take it out in the street and you burn it, no problem. If you find a Black Lives Matter banner on the ground and you pick it up and you burn it, no problem. If you... If you happen to be in possession of it and you burn it, no problem. The only time that it's a problem is if you if you if you steal it, yes. right? And so I don't know that there was they they don't have any uh, direct video evidence. Maybe they weren't actually saying that there was con- confirmed theft first. So theft needs to come before destruction of right. private property, and then you have to have like hateful intent and bias and whatever. So what happens is, is they, they saw the crime of the burning. They wanted to prosecute it. It goes to the Twitter handle. It's the, the, the police Twitter handle is the one that decides how to characterize it. So yeah. I'm sure that's a political decision, right? And then once it's characterized as a hate or bias crime, then it goes to some sort of liaison unit whose job it is for them to go and investigate. And I have a feeling it will get lost somewhere in there first of all they haven't been able to confirm or convict that they were theft in the first place and it's totally perfectly legal to take a black lives matter banner burn it whatever now so a lot of a lot of these guys that were surrounding it 
there's no crime for them because as far as they knew, someone had a banner and they burned it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. The only time it would be a crime is if somebody was witnessed and saw them and was confirmed that they stole it from another. Even though it has the church's logo on it, they, if they found it on the street and burned it, still not a crime. Yeah. Uh, but the interesting thing is you're right about the hate crime. It's like political Black Lives Matter is such an exquisitely crafted phrase that it is at once a, a political movement. It's at once a statement of, of some, some sort of fact. And it's at once something that tugs on your heartstrings about being a racist or not. But the truth is, is it means different things to different people. When the church puts it up on there, I'm sure they really mean like Black Lives Matter. We should just let's not have black people. It's a die. church. Yeah. It's a church. That, it's that, not... that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're gonna be acting in the right way all the time. Of course, any religious organization, that's not justification for them. Uh but it is clearly a political movement. Right. It's clearly an like has has funding with billions of dollars and they have initiatives and they have a platform. Ten point six demands. billion dollars. Ten point six billion dollars. Yeah. And and the juicy delicious part is watching the BLM groups fight about that money. There's 10. a there, there's a big billion schism. dollars. Yep. Lydia found that one. There's a schism. There's a schism in the BLM chapters with the national and whatever. They're fighting over the money. The, you know, and it just cracks me up to see them just going down the normal route. But it's not a hate crime to burn a donkey but or listen, an elephant. Listen. The reason, or even the flag. The reason I bring this up is for one, yes, I want to be critical of what the Proud Boys did to a certain degree, but also defend them in the in in, in the sense that if the DAs allow this, the media allows this for Antifa, then how could they come out with this double standard? It just shows you the media clearly doesn't represent the people. It's, it's, it's all ideological. And that brings me back to some of the earlier stuff we were talking about. The election, the numbers, none of it matters. It just matters what people choose to believe and what to fight for. Yep. So when, when I look at these, uh, uh, I'll just put it, I'll, I'll be more general so I don't single anybody out. There are too many instances where conservatives were, say, defying lockdown and getting arrested, and they were complying and not resisting. And there are too many instances where the left literally beat the cops and then get their charges dropped. Yeah, That's how extreme the disparity is between the left and the right. Yeah, That Antifa for this whole year, you know the Chaz? This is amazing. I learned this today. You know Chaz was never cleared out? Hmm. We thought the, 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 the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone was gone, right? No. They stayed in the Cal Anderson Park until now, hmm. with tents, with barricades and everything. I did not know that. Nobody cared. Because the city said we got rid of it, and the main area, the streets were opened up, but the park itself remained occupied mm. by these far leftists, and it just sort of disappeared. That was going on forever. And in the meantime, we've had many stories of people defying lockdown, and the NYPD shows up and arrests them. How incredible is that? That the far left can riot they can they can destroy things. They can. I'll tell you this. We got a story <laughs> where a guy uh, has a business. It was called Rio's Ribs, and the neighboring building was burnt down. It caused damage to like the greater structure, I guess, or to the neighboring buildings. And so he gave an interview where he was disparaging the rioters. So the next day, on surveillance on, on security footage, you can watch this. They released the video just the other day. A guy burns the man's business to the ground. Don't you dare speak up against us, says this lunatic. And so they threw burning trash. And then he opens the gate to go back in and look and make sure the fire's catching. And that's what happens with the far left. And then what do we see? The district attorneys in these places cut them loose. Well, okay, you know what? That's why I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't care about your city. The arsonist's face was blurred. 
And yeah, yeah in, in, the, in the actual news I'm like, who are wow. they protecting? Like, are they trying to catch this person? Do they want to know who actually did this? Who's no. actually burning down people's buildings for political because reasons? in these places, the far left is protected. They yes. can literally then, burn it down, and the media is like, cover their face, because we don't want to get And then murdered. we have to understand, George Soros is financing a lot of these attorney generals and going into local towns and smaller cities and saying, you know what? We're going to give millions of let's dollars. Be, let's be specific. The, what is it called? The Open Society Foundation? Yes. Yeah. That, Provides grants to nonprofits who then fund, and they financed a lot of different ones that are creating and sowing havoc in big cities like San Francisco. the The San Francisco well, Attorney listen. General is now the Los Angeles Attorney General, and that's why a lot of people are saying what we saw in San Francisco with that entire mess. I remember even a few months ago walking down the street in San Francisco, covering the utter madness. I was doing a random walk and talk video, and I literally saw a woman screaming. Police officers hearing it and walking the other direction. There was crap. People I watched crap. the lady. Yeah, there, there, I watched yeah. the lady walk into the middle of the street, and she was like big fat lady, and just drop trout right there yeah. in the middle of the street, yeah. just go at it. And yeah. I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Yeah, I wasn't even looking for it. I was literally at the Capitol, and you just see a whole bunch of people all around it shooting up, urinating, crapping, and and just totally out so, of it. So, it. It seems like a zombie world out there. And this is because of these attorney generals. Now Los Angeles has the same attorney general as they did in San Francisco. Same guy supported by Soros. And a lot of people are expecting the same thing to happen as he's making the similar, me, similar me, kind of protocols. Let me tie these ideas together real quick. When I see Antifa now start acting a fool, targeting innocent businesses, I'll be mad. But if I see far leftists setting up autonomous zones, don't care. Because I see these cops abusing regular people and attacking the innocent. Not all cops, but these place, in these places. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this. There's a, uh, there's a meme that goes around from the left. They say it's really funny. If you have 1,300 good cops and 12, uh, you have 1,312 cops, 1,300 are really good people who stand by the law and the Constitution, but 12 of them are criminals who keep breaking the law. And that 1,300 doesn't say anything to stop the criminals. Then you have 1,312 bad cops. That's the meme. You know why? 1312, ACAB, mm. all cops are bad. Mm. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But in New York City specifically, if these cops know it's happening and they keep doing that job without protest, without standing up to defend the people of that city, then I think they're just, they're not cops. It's the Praetorian Guard for the emperor, for the Empire State. That's Cuomo. Cuomo is passing edict. He sits there and he goes, I can do whatever I want. Churches, gone. Symbols I don't like, gone. Supreme and the Court go, decision goes against them, irrelevant. I'll just make yep. a new one. And the cops go, hey, we don't care what SCOTUS says. We don't care what the Constitution says. We just want that sweet, sweet Skrilla from our emperor. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that I agree yeah. with that. I think I agree with the 1312 thing, not to put it that way. But I think that if you have 1,300 cops who are watching 12 cops do bad things and do nothing to stop it, what do you have to say for the other 1,300 cops? Why are you not stepping in? Why are you not speaking up? You see what's happening and you do nothing. Like, what What kind of mindset is in these police departments that they think it's okay that they just let this let's, happen? Let's break it down, it, 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 you know, to get more to the heart of the principle. When I see Black Lives Matter complaining about innocent people dying, completely sympathize, I empathize. I don't like that. That's a violation of every constitutional right to take someone's life. But in many of these circumstances, they're, it's unclear. It's it's not clear cut that the cop was just like I'm gonna kill this man. A lot of it, a lot of times it's like a very serious conflict, and we have a political debate. We want to know what's gonna happen. George Floyd. Most of us who came out when that story came out, we were like, dude, that's wrong. We don't like what we saw. And then later we learned a bunch of new details, and you're like, ah, see things change. 
But it's pretty clear cut. When a cop dresses up in civilian clothes and then arrests a restaurateur at, during an economic crisis where people are going homeless, where they're expecting hundreds of millions to starve, and the cops are just stomping people into the ground, that is clear cut. No political debate. And there's record homelessness now in New York City. And there was an article highlighting some of the pictures of people living on the streets. If you want to talk about uh, unsanitary health conditions, that's it right there. There's people with scabs and scavies and all these kind of horrible illnesses because they have nowhere else to go that are literally, I mean, all the all the housing that they provide for them, a lot of it is filled up. There's an argument that some people make that the homeless people don't want to go to some of these housing, but the, the housing is getting filled up because of the horrible economic situation that has been created by the government. Here's, you want, you want, yeah. you want to know the best part about all this? In Seattle, uh, in Washington and in, in Oregon, where they're having these lockdowns, like many other places, and the police are enforcing it. Well, look, the CDC said, right? The CDC was like, you got to lock down. Okay. The CDC also said homeless encampments must remain. It's safer to let them stay than to clear them out. At the same time that the police are saying, we got to follow the CDC orders and shut down your business. Sorry. They're turning around and clearing out homeless encampments in defiance of the CDC. You can't have it both ways. Mm. Either you're enforcing the safety of the people because of the pandemic, or you're just crushing the weak. I think this is a good time for me to pitch a movie that I'm in coming up. Lauren Southern movie, Crossfire, Ooh. covers all of these issues in-depthly. And it's very even-handed and fair and honest, and it, it really takes a good, hard look at the perspective of the police officers, the Black Lives Matter folks. It goes in-depth on Antifa. It really does discuss some of these contradictions and where do your loyalties lie and what's it like, you know, being a guy that does good most of the time but then witnesses something that is illegal or wrong. It's a very well done. There's a lot of good people in it. Elijah Schaefer is in it and Mike Cernovich and Jack and a few others. It's, it's well worth the the the, yeah. the view you should check it out wasn't there like an excerpt talking about uh, the dangers of being a police officer but isn't there like a statistic that uh, as far as uh, as far as employment police officers are ranked was it 13th or i think even lower on the on the ranking of of deadliest uh, jobs but I, but, I, but i disagree with that you know I mean, you, yeah. because you got to understand the difference in the danger from being like a petroleum engineer and being a cop a petroleum engineer, it's like you do everything right and sometimes there's a faulty error and something blows and then you get knocked into the ocean or whatever. Yeah. Being a cop, it's like you're every, you don't know which person is going to be the person who's scared and, and wants to flee or has a warrant, so they're going to pull a gun. Well, I'm not, I'm not making, you know, that kind of argument that it's, you know, totally <clears throat> a safe and wonderful, amazing job. As a police officer, we have to understand the other side of it because they are dealing with the worst elements of our society. And if you're around that every day, that's going to affect your psyche. Yeah. And that's why with most police officers, we see a higher rate of spousal abuse and also substance abuse than we do with any other profession out there. Since, of course, I think there is something to say about people being affected by their environment. Correlation, and, yeah. correlation, correlation. It could be that people who are prone to drug abuse and spousal abuse like to take risks, like adrenaline, like being could, violent. Yeah. So they end up being cops. You don't know. You don't know. But I will say you're, this. You're right. You're absolutely right. The movie right. does address this very issue. It talks yeah. about PTSD among the police so what, department. So uh, what you're saying is that all cops are drug addicts? I'm just, yeah, exactly right. And I said, Civil War, let's go. Yeah. Uh, but it's really worth it because it really, Scooter Downey uh, also and John Detroit, who worked on um, uh, Hoax with Mike Cernovich, they they did the directing and the producing. It's fantastic and really well thought out. So check it out. Crossfire with Lord you know, Southern. These, uh, this past year has really made me just uh, a very 
personal responsibility person and, and, and much more libertarian, very, very libertarian. Two things happen. You got older and a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more to, to conserve, let's say. I don't think getting older played a role in it. I think <laughs> it was earlier this year. I was like, no guns. Yeah. Yeah. It was the riots, the riots, yeah. the riots and the cops standing down in many instances. Something and I was like, conserve. wow, yeah. I can't rely on these police officers anymore. What's what good are they? Yeah. But in these big cities, I said, these people are attacking the innocent. We need someone to stop them. That's what the cops are for. Now the cops are the ones doing the boot stomping. So I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go live in the mountains. We're going to get 100 acres of farmland in the middle of nowhere. It's actually rather cheap when you're in the middle of nowhere. You can't do much with it. No no Starlink, no DSL, no nothing. It's cheap, though. Via set. Internet. Does it work? Yeah, it does. You can get like five megabits up and down. You you can get like 20 down and five up. Five, Five up is enough. Via set. So we've we've streamed this show from satellite before. Yeah. And and the quality was like 720p. And it's not perfect. But you know, if I I'm I'm not we're not going to go out there to do the show. We're going to have the land just yeah, for yeah, fun. Yeah. We're going to have ATVs about, and we're going to ride the bikes. Very, very first time I was on the show back in what March or something, you know, pre-lockdown, February, we were talking about uh, my 90-acre medieval town. You can fit yeah. 50 some thousand people in a wall town on 90 acres. We're going to do a hippie a hippie libertarian kind of town where people can chill and just kind of have their own space. Friends can come hang out. We'll build some skateboard stuff. And it's going to be uh you know, uh, we, we got to figure out where it's going to be because there's a couple different things we can do. It might actually be like we, we build houses. L- you know, Luke's talking about these hippie dome houses. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I don't want to get too much into the hippie dippy stuff. I'm just pointing out. I got to a certain point after watching all this stuff where I'm like, first of all, the Republican Party won't fight for you. The Republican Party is not going to stand up for you. They, 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 you give them the chance and they will, you know, they will, they will Lion King Trump off the cliff. <laughs> Trump, Trump's sitting there saying, brother, help me. And McConnell's like, no. <laughs> Puts a claws in his hands and Trump goes flying. So if you can't count on them to fight for you, defend your rights while all of this insanity is going down, then what do you do? You got to find your own space. Cause I'll tell you yeah. something really funny. Wasn't it, wasn't it awesome how Josh Hawley and Bernie Sanders got together for the stimulus package? <laughs> it was great, right? You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, I'm, Josh, I, I feel like you're setting me up, Tim. Josh Hawley, a Republican, uh-huh. and Bernie Sanders, progressive Democrat, uh-huh. agreed on this $1,200 stimulus package and are pushing it, trying mm. to trying to force it. And that's what the American people need, right? I think we should have been giving them Trump bucks all year. Trump bucks. It's amazing to me that while I've praised that outright, it is the Democrats destroying the economy and then the Republican siding with the Democrat on how they should solve the problem in the temporary. Mm. Instead of Josh Hawley coming out and saying, we are going to reopen the economies and pass a bill mandating federally that the Constitution be respected and these places reopen and their jobs can come back. Instead of doing that, mm-hmm. once again, it was on the Democrats' terms. Josh Hawley came and joined the Democrat position on how to solve the problem caused by the Democrats. I mean, it's kind of hard. They put you into a tough spot. Do you want to be the guy who's wrong and then it leads to two million new deaths of Corona? Not saying that that's what would happen. But that's what they say. What will happen? A good leader would. Well, that's a tough, good leader man. would be the one who would say something very simply like, "My friends, considering the the coronavirus has spiked again, the first attempt at a lockdown is not going to stop this problem. And if we stay locked down, then more people will lose their lives to suicide, to homelessness, to desperation, to a lack of access to medical care." Bro, I'm with you 110. We must this, make right? a hard choice, <laughs> and that means compromise. Here's the plan. Social distancing will remain in effect nationwide. We hope the governors agree with us. The federal governors have the authority to, to instruct that, but we hope you all agree. We encourage strongly masks to the best of your abilities, but 
The elderly will be protected. Everyone else, please get on with your lives and be safe. That's the solution. Or, or, or just simply, hey, let's not send sick COVID patients to nursing homes. I think that would be a great start. start yeah. I think less government is the answer. And I think the only way to get less government is by having more responsible, sovereign individuals taking responsibility into their own hands. I mean, I was in New York City earlier this year. I left and I'm not looking back and I'm never coming back ever again. I mean, there's so many unprepared, that RV is pretty sweet though, man. Poor, the what? Your RV is pretty sweet. It, it, it's, it's nice, nice, but, but I literally left New York City, went straight to New Hampshire and started doing survival training courses and then doing my own trainings of them as I was, I don't want to even. From want Occupy to, I, Wall Street I, I, to the yeah, wilderness. I don't even want to say what I've been doing in the training I received. Uh, but, I watched Luke gut a rabbit. Nice. <laughs> Make a stew. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I, was, there was, I, was, I was legit impressed. Yeah. There was gutting involved, but that's a whole I, other I, I heard Luke was chasing chickens around. Yes, he was. Uh, Ch- chasing chickens. Chasing chickens Don't around. Make those, what, you want to make a joke here? I'm not making any jokes. <laughs> chicks, chicks, yeah. But, but, but listen, it's up to everyone to, to understand the situation in front of them and to act responsibly. Stop looking for someone else to do something for you. Stop putting someone above you. You are responsible for your own life, your own choices. Make some smart ones. Stop blaming everyone else for your problems. I agree largely with that. And this dovetails with a conversation I've been having with a Balaji on Twitter and about late Labor mobility. Okay, so there was this idea in free trade that if you if you have free trade of capital, free trade of products, and free trade of people, that the people will move to where the opportunities are, and you can destroy this economy over here, and people will move over here. But what we found after WTO, after Black Box, Seattle, all that, what we found was is that people don't like to move. Yeah, labor mobility is not as prevalent as people as the models, the economic models, like to say, and so the industries left. And then the people stayed. Then we then we have then we have opioids. We have declining uh, life expectancies. We have hollowed out towns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, that same phenomenon. I wonder if this low labor mobility is going to apply. You got out of Philly. You got out of New York. I'm getting out of D.C. Where am I going to go? I'm going to a jurisdiction where I have the confidence that my rights and the things that I want will be protected for as long as possible. Right. I would move to southwestern Virginia, but it's a blue state. I don't know what's going to happen. So I look in West Virginia. Right. Because I want to make sure that I go to a county that has a history of voting for sheriffs that would probably say, hey, you know what? We're not going to enforce these stupid laws like that. You do you. And there are jurisdictions like that. That's this kind of research, the sovereignty, this individual sovereignty. You have to be that proactive. I don't know. Are people going to be, is this the thing that's going to make people want to move more so than like the town factory closing? I don't know. I think that's a big deal, right? Well, they are moving in record numbers. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people that have left New York City yeah. and are not coming back. They're yeah. talking about converting office spaces into residential buildings. Who's going to live in them say, when there's whom? no jobs and there's no right. work there? The only reason people go through this rat-infested, piss-smelling hellhole that is New York sour, City... Sour he, milk. Yes, sour milk is also too. There's also a particular <laughs> smell when spring comes. You know yeah. summer's coming when you smell that garbage. It's a uh. weird sense that only true New Yorkers really know uh, I, I mean i grew up there my entire life i loved it when it was it was you know everyone has their little stories but right now it's not the same yeah, city at all same, and to see the the abuse that people are going through there's literal police officers walking around with binoculars there's police officers looking through people's windows finding them for the basic human activities of just trying to live so uh i don't see a lot of people surviving thriving or if they do they're they're going to be servants of a state that's 
government's going to use and abuse them at record so, levels like they are now right think now. Think about what's going to happen because what did what did uh, Fauci and Bill Gates say? Lockdown could persist into 2022. Yep. Or at least some form of it. At a certain point, do you think some people are going to have no food and no home and they're going to be really angry and looking for it? And do you think they'll put their survival over any law or community? It's going to be like that movie, you know, what is it called? Daybreakers? Is that what it's called? With the vampires? Yeah, yeah the vampires. Yeah. You ever see that one? Mm-mm. So it's basically almost everyone in society becomes a vampire, right? Because one by one, people start becoming vampires and they, they, they farm humans, but they're running out. Everyone's turning into a vampire. And then eventually, when they start getting desperate for, for blood, they go nuts, start attacking other people and stealing it and fighting and turning into disgusting monster creatures. And it's probably a simpler analogy, analogy just to just point out food riots and any other revolution. <laughs> but, it is, but it's a funny, it's a funny movie. Uh, it's a cool movie. At a certain point, when we're locked down and people are lining up for miles in food banks, which we've already been seeing all year, at a certain point when... They're going to your business and arresting you, saying you have no right to money to live. People are going to snap. And not only gonna, that. They're, they're going to be like, I don't. They're, well, they're, they're being arrested for not giving their money to Amazon and Walmart. That's right, essentially but, 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 what, what, what I'm happening. saying is in, in, in the next year or two with this lockdown, at a certain point, someone's going to be like, I have no food. I have nowhere to go. And I'm hungry. And they're going to take. They don't care because they're going to choose survival. Here's the best part. We had this guy go on MSNBC, this doctor. You know what he said? I, I, I kid you not. It was the craziest thing. He said, if you get the COVID vaccine, yeah, we you, can still, you can still get the virus. Mm-hmm. You can still get the virus. And, and we don't know if it'll actually, even if you, if, if you can still get it. And so you can't travel and you still have to wear masks and you still have, still have social distance. This is a misunderstanding. Then what's the point of getting it? Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. It was on MSNBC. I, I, I almost think it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, are they lying? We are being led by idiots. The system is too complex. We can't be led by anybody. We have people well, in politics that got voted in because they're popular. What I'm saying is, or the D and the R, what I'm saying is right now, my I think the best bet is, look, land is cheap in the middle of nowhere. But what you forfeit is access to clean running water. You know, when you live in New York City. A lot more than that. Although, by the way, drill a well, you got the best water in the world i mean it's uh, not it. it's becoming more and more scarce and there's many predictions that there actually be more conflicts because of water rights coming well very so that's sooner. why you want well sure, water but yeah. the issue with wells is, the, is you got to do a lot of testing you got bacteria oh, you yeah. got mineral deposits i've watched enough homestead rescue to know that it is possible Bro, i had, watched that show we too. had uranium every single one yeah. and if you're near farmland you can get uranium builds up build up and that's so you need a good filtration system. You need like UV light, high level filters and stuff. This is the stuff kind of stuff we're going through now. But but it is some of the best water we got. The, we got the water here. Man, it is, it is some of the best water you'll ever drink. The water faucet is better than city yeah. water. It's we just turned the front lawn into a little farming area. And again, I, I, yeah, I, I can't right. I, I can't tell people this enough. Learn to farm. I think it's going to be something very important that people are going to need to learn. Plus, it builds a lot of good gut biome to keep your hands in the dirt, to actually work with seeds, to actually work with your own food. That's one of the most principal, amazing things that you could do on the face of this earth is provide for yourself. And, and it, it sounds like manual labor for a lot of people, for a lot of uh, flip-flop wearing Starbucks drinking yuppies. It's a nightmare. But in reality, when you start doing it, you get your hands in the dirt. It, it's one of the most beautiful, amazing feelings that you could ever have as my good friend joe norman who's a homesteader in new hampshire told me he said it reconnects you with the low frequency vibrations of the earth and then that is a healthy place to be rather than the high frequency vibrations of social media and your handheld device and all that hippies call it grounding and i'm looking
looking at Ian because I expect Ian to know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I used to stand barefoot in the dirt, and I would notice when it was cold outside, it would warm me up because the warmth from the earth would come up into my feet. And when it was hot outside, it would cool me down because Listen. the heat in my body would yeah. go into the earth. Well, there is an energy. Listen. There's a frequency that a lot of people talk about. All right, about. you crystal wang. <laughs> hey, it's true. You know what? Hey, maybe uh, West Virginia isn't the right place. Maybe Wyoming is. Mm. They have like really bad cell service. And so... Cold. Yes. So much snow. Yeah, that's Appalachia right. is one of the most fertile places in America. Beautiful. It has low incident of natural disasters. It is near enough to large metropolitan centers that you can get to anywhere in the world that you want to. I'm so all for it. The problem is with West Virginia, and no yeah. offense to my West Virginia people, it is quite literally the oldest, the sickest, the fattest, the dumbest, the brokest, yeah. the least employed Opioid. state in the union. So what you're saying is nowhere to we go can, but up. we can relocate again the Tim the, the Timcast company and everything we're building yes. and start bringing revenue into these towns and build up and and help people find jobs and then That's assuming you stop being Amazon's number one customer, right? You're going to have to oh, buy all oh, your, man. you're going to have to buy all that stuff local. No, no, no. No, no, some, as much as I can local, right? Yeah. But bringing these tools and these things from Amazon into this area is going to build up that area, you know? Agreed. Bringing the people is going to bring more business, more bars, more clubs, you know, all that stuff that, will slowly start coming together. And then together. all of a sudden people will be voting Democrat and you'll be like, I got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. The Amazon the, thing. As soon as you've seen the Starbucks and the Artisan Donuts, get out. Yeah, uh, exactly. But I have to, yeah, I I have to plug beignets. New Hampshire in here, though. Yes. I, have, I have to plug New Hampshire in the Free State Project. No, you're wrong. I love it. I, 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 I have a love affair. I mean... Summers, springs, falls, New Hampshire for me, winters, Experience. Florida. Well, that was my plan, but now I'm still here. Depends on where you are in the region that you decide to, to locate Dude, it's yourself like, in. It's like you have a times. lot of water. You have no venomous snakes. You have no venomous spiders. You have a lot of land. You have a lot of territory. But most importantly, you have a community of individuals that don't like the government, love responsibility, and they're building the Free State Project, which is literally a, a place where they set up marketplace uh, stores where people sell and trade and barter it's one of the largest places for cryptocurrency transactions than anywhere else in all of the united Bruh. states and to me being there spending my spring and and summer there i absolutely loved it and and it's like 10 times the cost of west virginia Dep and, I mean, and they still yeah, don't have internet the internet's pretty good there you can uh, get decent acreage in west virginia for like 500 to 1500 an acre you can Crazy. get a hundred, a yeah. hundred acres for like 50, 60 K. Yeah. If you're in like Southwest or central West Virginia. Yeah. Huge, massive plots. I saw one really cool. It was like on top of a mountain. It was crazy. And then they shaved off like the top so you could build a house. Yeah. Dude, you can, you can get a, for the money that I'm paying in Washington, DC. I was just in Southwest Virginia. I was at uh, uh, hot springs, uh, Virginia, where as a matter of fact, I was on vacation, Tim on vacation. Walking out of a restaurant without my mask on, someone runs up behind me, sir, 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 sir. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get yelled at for not having a mask on. <laughs> I turn around, and it's a guy in his mid-20s or early 30s. He goes, dude, you're on Tim Pool. Are you Jack Murphy? I saw you on Tim Pool, dude. I was just like on vacation at a random place trying I, to get away. Shout think out people, to that guy if he's watching right yeah, now. Yeah, shout out, bro. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. people should know, too, if they, if they don't. Because I saw some people in the, in the chat don't realize that you're, you're booked as a regular. Like, you have a regular schedule for the show. Yes. It's every, not, yeah, it's not every, like. Every other Wednesday, I'm here. Also, shout out to the dog walker in Washington, D.C. that stopped me and my family. Again, just walking down the street said, hey, Jack Murphy's seen you on Tim Pool. <laughs> That's so great. So whenever, whenever we have you on, 
the show does a little better. Oh, I think. Yeah, like the thank you people, very much. people like watching. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. So in, in Southwest Virginia, for the money that I pay in D.C., I can have a thousand acres with a horse farm, horse ranch in the mountains with a river. Yep. Same okay. money. Let's do it. I and am, I and am, what's and, stopping you? Uh, I have a complicated uh, divorce situation with my kids, kids and shared yeah. custody. Otherwise, dude, I would have been long gone. Kids homeschooled in Southwest well, Virginia bro, immediately. Yeah. I'm going to find a massive plot, like 100 acres somewhere in the middle think, of nowhere. Think bigger. Tell you to do think that. bigger. Bigger where, though? No, I, but it's fine. But 1,000 acres. It's but that's, hundreds of that's, that's a lot of money. That's like a million bucks. It's like, probably it's worth like it, three man. YouTube videos, bro. <laughs> 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 I mean, and, and you'd also got to find land like next to Dude, each other. Otherwise, you're buying like plots all over the place. Yeah. Finding... That's, that's what I was saying. Like Wyoming's probably the bigger secret. It's, it's probably like five grand for like five thousand acres. It's like some ridiculous <laughs> number. It's like a barren wasteland, dude. When I was driving through <laughs> Wyoming, listen, listen. I drove from New York to Chicago to North Dakota, then all then down the the west coast to California to Los Angeles. When we went through Wyoming, there was a period where we drove like three hundred something miles with no gas. I was with my friend. And then I was like, dude, we're about to run out of gas and there's nothing around us anywhere. It's a straight road. If we don't find a gas station, we're, we're in serious trouble. It was super cold though. It's like white out half the time. Couldn't see. And I'm, I was driving, I think a, a Honda Civic, ridiculous car to be driving through this terrain. There was one point where the ground was all ice and I was just like sliding every Jeez. few seconds and I was like, we're going to die. This is great. This is but great. anyway, great. We're, we're, we're down to probably like the tiny, like it's like it's on an E and I'm like, we probably got 20, 30 miles. And we drive Honda past Civic. in the Honda Civic. We <laughs> drive past this building. It's a little tiny farmhouse looking shack or whatever. And I don't think twice. And my friend goes, a gas pump. And I was like, what? And I'd look back as we drive past it. Two little gas pumps. No signs, nothing. I slam the brakes on. I do a U-turn. I go back and I walk up to the door. There's no signs. And I knock and I look and through the window, I can see it was a store. And I'm like, get out of here. And I walk in There's a little store and there's a guy sitting there with a little dog. And I was like, hey, you, you sell gas? And he goes, yep. And I was like, can I pump gas? He's like, yep. And I was like, <laughs> $25 a gallon, sir. No, it was, it was, it was not that expensive. <laughs> but I was like, there, there was no sign. I, I swear, we were. That, that's how crazy it was. And the best part was my phone didn't work at all. It was something called, I think it's called Union Cellular, I think it was. It was years ago. But now they probably have better cell, inf- cell structure uh, uh, along, infrastructure along like certain roads. But man, maybe that's the big secret. According to, I think it was Animaniacs, nobody lives there anyway. Do you know anybody who lives there or who's from there? I Few, think fewer so. people live in Wyoming than in the city of Washington, D.C., I believe. Something, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds right, yep. yeah. Yeah, well, D.C.'s got like a million. Well, I'm, I'm thinking D.C. Metro. proper, which is like 700,000. It's like that. I think right, it's right. that few people in Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming is like, think, 535,000. There you go. That means you can probably buy a whole lot of land and do a whole lot of whatever you want. China's doing it. Yeah, there. There's. I saw an article about that Chinese guy that bought land in Texas, and he built a, a airstrip, and he's been like flying people in on this airstrip. And I read it. It said two hundred something something land airstrip. I was like, oh, two hundred acres. That's a lot. No, and I went back and read it again. Two hundred square miles. Yeah. This Chinese guy. This Chinese. Uh, maybe there was some affiliation with the wrong people. Acqu- just acquiring mass land in Texas. Two hundred square miles. That's happening is a ne- lot. Nebraska. Nebraska might be pretty good. But you know, th- I think the thing is, when you're when you're closer to the East Coast, like West Virginia, it's not that cold. Not a whole lot of snow. It's it's like easier. But it can get hot in the summer. You know, so it depends. You want to be in, you live in the mountains. Middle America is probably harder to flooded, farm. flooded pretty hard too, and they got tornadoes. But and, if you if you buy land in Nebraska, you can certainly grow corn, and yeah. then live off of corn. You'd be a corn person. <laughs> yeah, they love their corn. Hey, you said something about Amazon earlier. What about it? 
Do we have to stop using it? Yes. I'm obsessed please. with Amazon. I love Amazon. They get it here the next day, two days later. The Amazon all... microchip is in your brain already. You can Ian. buy almost everything on Amazon. Do you, do I don't you... want to stop using it. I've, it like, I've given over to the Borg or something. It's awfully it, convenient, bro. It's not just that. It's, um, you know, when we when I was living in the Philly area, it was really easy to be like, let's go to this store or that store to buy what we need. Now we're in the middle of nowhere. There is no that store that we need. It doesn't exist. Now you would have taken a three-hour trip into the city once a month to get, you know, go into town to get the things. Now that you need. I tell you the mail. So the way it works when you live in the middle of nowhere is that Amazon delivers your items to the post office, not to your house, mm. and then the post office delivers your Amazon packages most of the time. And boy, are they salty with us. I bet. You better tip your postman, buddy. Oh, can can you do that? Of course. Yeah, yeah, you can. I just tipped my trash guys today, yeah, and huh. I'll get the think... mailman. You should you should especially tip your I regular I mailman. I didn't know you were allowed to give them money. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I don't want you're, to. Do you're that. like supposed to. In New York City, like uh, your, your mailman and your garbage man. Really? Yeah. Your mailman? That's, that's like what, a that's federal job. You're giving him cash? That's what I did But in sometimes, sometimes, like... You want to you know, get all them boxes from Ian, Amazon? Ian ordered, like, what, like 50 gallons of vinegar for some reason? Uh, to go with the well, 50 gallons honey of beans? And honey salt. And the lady, and, and the mail lady's, like, pulled up with this big old truck oh, full yeah, of vinegar, and sucked. she was like, why are these so heavy? What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, One man. of them was Ian. upside down and exploded. <laughs> vinegar all over her truck. Yeah, dude, it was awful. She's cool. The mailman must be here every day for, like, at least a half hour unloading so ah, it's bad. like 10 minutes dude i i just get yeah. a whim and i'll order one thing just that's another trip for the mail person just like day. a bunch of vinegar and one of them exploded and yeah. her whole truck stank powder. the whole time mess. yeah and then but, but, but we, have, we have to order things for like for snacks for the guests and like batteries and stuff so we you know it's, we're running a business so we do like a big order of batteries and then they have this big heavy box they're like what is this we recently bought a whole bunch of airsoft stuff this is a cool thing just go in the backyard. Backyard. We got Luke. We we went to the store and we just basically bought a ton of airsoft stuff. The lady was trying to not to sell us the stuff. She didn't believe we were buying all this stuff. This was the like, craziest thing. Because I'm like, okay, we're gonna do uh, you know five rifles and five airsoft you know handguns, and then the guy starts taking them down. And Luke's like, that we'll take that one. And the lady's like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Put them back. Put them back. And Luke's like, we're buying it. She goes, no, you don't need this. What are you doing? And then finally, it wasn't till I was like, I have a credit card. We are going to be buying this. Why? Well, Luke's an instructor, and, and Luke is going to, you know, do basic trainings and, like, you know... Well, if you do any firearms training, it's best to do it with airsoft first, especially with the type of caliber and replica uh, possibilities that you have here, because you don't want to be using a real gun when it comes to practicing some real CQB someone, someone or some never... advanced stuff, especially with people who never held a gun in their hand. So you'd never want to do that. So but airsoft also, is perfect. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're working on the vlog, and we're getting ideas for it. And so we're thinking of putting up a wall with, like, airsoft stuff we're gonna have a lot of fun with it but man she just didn't you know want to let us buy she, this stuff why was that i guess she just didn't think you look like riffraff yeah, <laughs> look like riffraff <laughs> she was like do you have a team and i was like no we're just gonna you know horse around and you know but we, we have this big space to do it so the, the next thing i think is what we're gonna do with this with this uh, uh i'm hoping that we can get something big enough but actually really close so i can actually build a house and live there for the most part but it might be difficult. We'll see how it plays out. And then uh, we might end up just getting something really far away that's just like empty land. And then we've got, you know, RVs. And this is crazy. This is interesting. Dome housing is really easy to build. They're geodesic. Yeah. It's, 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 so it solves a lot of simple problems for, you know. Burning Man IRL coming up. Burning Man Architect that can come help us build those. Yeah, it's like, of course it's like, you do. like latticed, latticed aluminum pipes or whatever, and then they cover it in plastic, and yeah, then they insulate it. Graphene. Super cheap. Makes I've, I've watched enough Homestead Rescue to know. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> and you can build a... You can build 
dome sphere. You have to build yeah. spheres that so are half. I, I literally lived in one in New Hampshire a couple of weeks ago at a three-story a three one, doubled one that was connected and had everything running through and it. And it was just it, it, you, you can know. you can build them modularly. Yep. So like have dome here, a dome here, and a dome here, and then on top you have like a dome here and a dome here. So you have five domes and like a pyramidal, for, or like it, you can put them in a. It's circle. just really cheap. It's like substantially cheaper. That's, that's really and really structurally it. sound. I'm like headed. they can handle earthquakes. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm ready. Handles yeah. earthquakes and yeah. the rain and the snow rolls right off. So it like makes a lot of sense. So I'm thinking like we want one big, super big dome. Super the dome. The concrete foundation. That's the challenge. That's expensive. expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. But if you're. I wonder com- if we can use bitumen instead. Bitumen? Yeah, it's like an advanced type of plastic uh, broken up that we, we should be making roads out of. But because of planned obsolescence, they want to make it out of what they use because it cracks every year and they get to spend. I'll take whatever yeah, foundation bitumen. we can get, maybe recycled plastics, whatever. And then the idea is like, you know, just a DIY it, man, to build the space and have a fun place to hang out. And also, you know, at a certain point, working with your hands, having that farm. You ever, you ever, Jack, have you ever grown food and yes. then eaten it? Isn't it amazing? Yes, I have. I, in my, one of my last houses in DC, I, I built an elevated bed farm in my backyard and I grew all kinds of things and broccoli and eggplants and tomatoes and peppers and all kinds of, we had eggplants that were like this big. I don't know what was going on, but like they grew (laughs) this big. It was amazing. And then we had a whole field basically of broccoli. And then I came, I came out the next day, man, deer. Eating all, oh, wow. <laughs> my, my urban we had, we deer, my urban deer. So I love gardening. I love farming. Dude. I've been reading a lot about it. I, I can't wait to get back at it. When I lived in Miami with this small farm and we had chickens and the first time the chickens laid eggs, I was like, can we just eat it? Like it was so, I was, I'd never done anything like this before. And then like, I just, I was like, yeah, city, city yeah, city boy. I, I Googled it. I'm like, the chicken laid an egg. Can I eat it? It's like, enjoy. <laughs> I'm like, just want to make sure, man. I don't know. I don't know. Do I have to homogenize it? Yeah, I don't do know. Do I have I to pasteurize know. it? Do I have to sit on it? <laughs> Did you try to sit or put do it in your beanie? Do I need a rooster yeah. to kind of like, you know, do his thing to make sure it's a good egg? So I, I, I look, I had never, I had never uh, had a chicken before. I, I didn't know the process by which they, you know, eggs are ready to go. And now you just pick it up. And then, wow. dude. Every day, more eggs, more eggs, piling up like crazy. We were eating eggs like crazy. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Let's get some eggs. We got to build a chicken dome. Chicken dome. I want to, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to 3D print armor for the chickens. Mm -hmm. No joke. (laughs) So that way they don't peck each other. But also when like, you know, the predators show up, the chickens, when they do their natural thing, like defend themselves, I'll make it so that when they go like this, spikes go. There you I, go. I was thinking if we build. I saw like, that on Homestead Rescue. If we build a big like house that's like a big giant square, but in the middle is a giant open courtyard yeah. that we could have a garden and all the chickens, then the wolves couldn't get yes. in. And the no, deer I, I got you one in, better. Right? No, no, no. What we're you want do chickens is, in the middle of your house, yeah. bro? What we're, no, no, stop. You, you, see, you don't want Ian, no, I'm sorry, Ian. Talk about it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Ian, do it. It's a great idea. I have a better solution. Underground. The three the three D printed armor that we'll have for the chickens yeah. will have a thin mesh so that their wingspans expanded and the chickens can actually fly. Oh, man, that's yeah. advanced technology. So, so then the chickens start flying away. <laughs> They'll be gone. Yeah. They'll, They'll be, be gone. gone. You know, people don't realize this too. One thing is that the chickens can can they they can jump like what ten or twelve feet or something. Whoa. Yeah, they go because away. they can jump and fly, but yeah. then they like eventually come back down. So we had a rooster who kept jumping into the other onto the other property because he could hear all them sweet sweet chickens. You know, and he all was them like, hens. Yeah, and this rooster he was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get me some." And then he jumped over, and all the roosters over there were really big, and so they were like. <laughs> Yo, what are you doing? And started pecking him, and then he panicked, and he couldn't get back over because he was too dumb. It was so, a fight. What kind of fight? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a rooster, rooster fight. Rooster fight. Roosters. 
Rooster fight. Okay. How how about we go to super chat? Yes. Super chat, super chat. Oh, All right, yes. let's see. By the way, I'm Jack Murphy. You can follow me on Jack Murphy Live on Twitter and sub Jack Murphy Live on YouTube, please. Thank you very much. And uh, and and Jack is here periodically because not just every other Wednesday. Sometimes she'll pop in and you know when the circumstances demand it. That's yes, right. which is uh frequently. Frequently, no. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button. It's greatly appreciated. Subscribe to the notification bell. Let's read some of these super chats. Ground floor Guthrie says for Luke sent you a message on Parlor regarding Brushka a uh, Brushcalf survivalist classes here in the east check out dave canterbury and self-reliance outfitters in ohio and cold cracker in i believe western pa cool yeah i'll check my parlor parlor right now parlor uh, luke we are changed this is is interesting uh jonathan galtarini says department of national intelligence blocked trump from exercising his election integrity executive order from 2018 by missing the required deadline per the dni official twitter account i thought the deadline was uh like tomorrow no later than 45 days. Yeah, oh, they no. moved it to the Wait. 18th. No, that was, that was, was that the 18th? Yeah, they moved it to the 18th, remember? Catherine Harridge was talking about it. They moved the report. Right, so it's past the deadline. Right, yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. Trump's, you know, everyone thought Trump was going to pull out this last ditch executive order of some sort. He got jammed up. By the way, when we build the chicken house, it's going to be huge. So the chickens will have like a lot of space in the middle. But it's going to be like shipping containers all in a big rectangle. And you living huge. in the middle of it. With well, the, the chickens with will the be chicken in the middle. Poop. I'll have like a room in one of the shipping containers. That'll be great. You can yeah, live among the chickens. Like, it's a fantasy. Mr. Sly Trip says... I'll draw you a picture. Mr. Sly Trip says, would you be willing to invite David Pakman on IRL? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I've known David for a really long time. Pack. I'd love to have him on the show. But uh, I think, and I don't mean this directed, uh, uh, directly at David, but we've we've had a lot of high-profile leftists, some of the biggest, be like, I totally want to come on the show, and then later go, but COVID. It doesn't yeah. seem to stop any moderate COVID's conservative. And there are even some, we, we've had a, a handful of, you know, center left liberal uh, or leftist types. We had uh, Jen Perlman. She was great. Uh, Vosh came down. He didn't seem to take issue with it for the most part. I invited Vosh to be here with Alex Jones and he said he didn't want to do it because he was worried about COVID. And that was unfortunate because that would have been, that would have been great. He said, give him what? like six months. He was like, I'll be back. Give me like six months. I, I want to, you know, Luke had this idea for the Royal Rumble to get <sighs> like do it. big, you know, prominent left-wing personalities and right-wing personalities and then have like a, a conversation slash debate discussion. Blood sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kind of. I think when you're in person, though, it changes everything. You know, when people are on Skype, they're like, eh, and they're all screaming and yelling. But when you get someone in, it, it, it controls things a bit because people they act like people around people. It's the great thing I mean? about YouTube yeah. collaborations in general when you see like all your favorite YouTube stars yeah. in the same room. And, yeah. and uh, a lot of people it. talk like they've never been punched in the face for saying something rude online. Yeah. When you see sure someone face to face, there's a big difference in how you act. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. I like to just sit there and just expand my presence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it works. You're a big man. All right. Big man. Very muscular. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Petty says, the other day, Ian mentioned revolution against taxes rather than secession. That's at least half the reason the Civil War happened. Yeah, really, was it? Jack, you brought up federal income tax, which basically didn't get started until 1913. Right. And that's right around the Federal Reserve got started. What yeah. a shock. So they're extorting us. I'm down with getting rid of federal income tax. It's ridiculous. It's, it's only just like 100 years old. You know, everybody would vote yes for that, right? I think we sure. get pretty much everybody. Pretty sure you get like 90% of America. If, like, yeah. if there was a referendum nationwide should we get rid of federal income tax they'd be like yes <laughs> just yes Let's do it yeah the commander says tim talks about trump forming a new party but he used to be part of the new york independent party 
they joined up with Reform, Natural Law, and a few other parties to form the Alliance Party, which is populist center, he should take over Alliance. Yes. And then all the Trump supporters should say goodbye, GOP. Look, the way I see it is, if you've got the political willpower and the momentum, the Republicans aren't doing anything for you. I guess the idea is with Trump, you know, in charge, it forced the Republicans behind the Trump supporters to give them that, you know, that wind. But if the Republicans now are like taking the opportunity to throw the, the Trump supporters under the bus, Trump supporters should be like, without us, you're done. And Trump, really Trump would never have won in 2016 with a third party candidacy. Of course. Never. Yeah, of course. And so there is that that red, always red R voter that you need. I don't think I think if the Republicans right now formed another party, then uh, the Trump supporters from the new party, they'd still lose. I, really? But I think they would lose. Oh, yeah, you, I, mean I right, think, you mean for 2024? I think they would start winning local races immediately. I think they would start eventually winning House seats faster, and, and then we could see any other third party. The, a, a Trump supporter party came, coming out against Republicans would win some House seats very quickly. Not a whole lot, maybe, but in key areas, definitely. Hmm. Like, we've seen some weird things happen, but this is the opportunity to get an actual third party to break through and tell the GOP, goodbye. And then things will start to change because the Republicans are plastic. I just don't want some cult worship. Like it's about Trump, so it's about getting Trump into office. I don't. You don't really need a party around that of other people it's, that it's are not, like it, Trump. No, it's about it's it, about constitutionalism. Look, here's the thing: Trump had an opportunity to build institutions, to build a network, to build think tanks, to build a whole community, a whole ecosystem supporting MAGA, America First, all of that. And guess what? The number one thing that he failed at as president. Building an ecosystem, building a party, building a network, building an institution. This idea that he's going to just start a third party and build out an institution capable of governing the country is just ludicrous. No, it's just no, ludicrous. No, no. Tr Trump's not going to do it. Trump supporters will eventually start rallying around other people. If you don't have the leadership, then nothing. That's not gonna and that's that. the, the advantage right now. You can't rely on Trump to just do it. But you do have Trump and people believe in him. And the Republicans have shown they're absolutely ready willing and waiting to knife him figuratively in the back. <clears throat> mm. If you're going to keep voting for Republicans and Democrats, then I'm going to keep moving further away and saying, y'all are on your own, man. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, because they're exactly. So what's the what's the choice? Stand up right now while you have the wind at your back. And no, look, I think the Democrats are going to win in Georgia. Trump's not on the ticket. The Republicans did well in 2016. You know why? Trump was on the ticket. He inspired new people to come on board. Nine million people. You pointed it out. 2018. Gone. You know why? Trump wasn't on the ticket. That's right. The New York Times said a large portion of Trump's new voter base did not turn out because he wasn't on the ticket. So that the Republicans lost the House. In 2020, the Republicans did really well, regained a bunch of seats, took many House, le uh, House uh, state level uh, uh, seats and uh, maintained control so far of the Senate. And they're teetering. Trump lost. We'll see how things play, I guess, in January 6th. But with no Trump on the ticket and Mitch McConnell, I'll tell you this, everything aside, Mitch McConnell coming out the other day and saying, please don't support Trump on January 6th. How many Trump supporters are going to be like, OK, Mitch, and I won't support you on the 5th. How about that? Yeah. Do you think that they're um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping on the senator's name from West Virginia. Is there another? Manchin? Yeah. Is there another one like him? Who's number who's number 49 out of all those guys who like m closer to to moderate? Like, for example, if the Democrats in the Senate wanted to be like a thousand Supreme Court justices and then the filibuster. I mean, are there not one or two? Yeah, Manchin would be and, like, and who, and, but is there one more? 
Is there one more? One more Democrat? Yeah. Who would be like, I think it's probably a bad idea to put a thousand Supreme Court. I don't even I don't even know if Manchin would really stand up to the party. Hmm. Like it's 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 the political establishment machine. You know, all these these Democrats who won in 2018 promised moderate policy and, and kitchen table issues. And then the moment they get they got in, Pelosi went up to him and started screaming, good morning, Sunday morning. And they all said, whatever you say, ma'am, and voted for impeachment. Yeah, I say that to Betsy every Sunday. By the way. <laughs> good morning, <laughs> Sunday morning. Yeah. I love it. Not intentionally. It just comes out. Taxoplasmos- Betsy's a cat, by the way. Taxoplasmosis. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Luke. All right, let's do another Sour one. Grapes. Balian says, yeah, man, I'm an electrician of 15 years. And I was cringing the other day when you kept resetting the breaker. Like, ugh, we're going to hear that Pool's compound burnt down due to power overloads. Hopefully you've got an electrician up there to help you out. So here's the issue with Gee, that. Gee, why did the breaker flip? Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's just throw it over again. Well, there's a real question because we changed nothing. And yeah. then we unplugged half of the things in here yeah. and the breaker still flipped. Mm. So I was like, wow, we got a problem. Yeah. So the, electric, the electrician came in and said, I don't see a problem. I can't tell you what's going on. Mm. So we just ran a line to a different circuit to split the load as much as we can. But... Something happened that's bad, and the electrician couldn't see anything wrong with it. We had two people look at it, actually. One guy was just like, it looks fine. I just don't understand. We didn't add anything up here. We actually took the PlayStation out. We reduced the load that we had in the first place, but for some reason... It was a windy day. No post-podcast spelunky? No. no it's oh I got a PS5 God. now. I'm playing Spelunky's Phoenix Rising. on the shelf. Oh, there we go. I, I tried oh. playing Cyberpunk. Man, it was awful. It, yeah. Cyberpunk was so bad. Have you guys, have you played it? Have you guys touched it? I have it? not. I haven't gotten a PS5. Have you, have you heard about Cyberpunk though? I have it's not. It's supposed to be like the biggest game and it is just oh Been in development oh. for seven years. And the voice Keanu acting. Reeves is in it. Oh, so it's behind the times then. <laughs> it is. It is. The voice acting is like some of the worst. <laughs> I was impressed how bad it was. Oh, nice. The Thank guy you. being like, it's, it's clear that the guy who read the lines for the main character, like had a stack of script lines and just read them one at a time very quickly and went through them. Maybe they were rushed. I don't know. But it's <clears> like, <throat> is this the job? You mean I have to do what? I'll do it. And I'm like, what is this? Like, who's he talking to? Like, context, man, they, they, they need to have the voice actors like working with each other. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Just- big budget games have to treat them like big budget movies. If you're going to have voice acting, it's the, the world has reached that a threshold where movies and video games are. But they should have known that. I'll tell you this. I know. They I'm, playing, I'm playing Phoenix Rising. That game's awesome. That game's real fun. Do you? It's good. Would you guys be interested in running for president in 2024? <laughs> Negative. No. <laughs> would you be if we did? I would run for president of a club that plays video games and meets on Sunday if nights. We could D and D or something. Yep. If we could do a political <laughs> p- movement or party, and we could maybe we could push a candidate like Kanye, someone that wants to be president, and get all our friends involved, like Joe Rogan and Alex Jones and Brett Weinstein, kind of tried that with the Unity Party, and, and keep picking up the pace with Brett. But I think the problem was, didn't he pick Dan Crenshaw? I'd be. Did I'd he? like to get involved. With yeah, that. wasn't it? Wasn't didn't. it Tulsi and Crenshaw or something? I we should get not. Dan Crenshaw on the show someday. I like that guy. Let me. Uh, let me. Let me search for this. That would be an interesting person to have Brett, on. Brett Weinstein called me one day and he said, "Who should we promote as the president for our Unity Party?" And my suggestion to him was this gentleman named John Robb. John Robb is an amazing technologist, futurist, military strategist. Understands the world in a way that most people don't. But he's one of those guys that would just rather be behind the scenes. Yep. Gabbard and Crenshaw. And the Trump supporters hate Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. Crenshaw. So that was a really bad idea. I think Dan's all right, but he is kind of, you know, a little too pro-war-y for my taste. Ex-soldier. 
Yeah. Uh, Didn't he just release a cringy video? Was that? Oh him? yeah, totally. What Super. happened in the video? So, did you see this video that Dan Crenshaw put out? I didn't uh, see it. It's yeah. really, really funny, and I think it's meant to be over-the-top cringe. Because if there's one thing conservatives know they can pull off, it's intentional cringe. <laughs> now, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be mean, but conservative content is, like, never really good. Like, they try and do movies, they just don't have it. But what the one thing they can do is just accept it and then roll with it, and it's funny. So it's basically like he's at a, he's giving a speech and then someone comes up like we got a situation and then he's walking he's taking off his suit like what's the problem and they said you know we got two candidates in Georgia and Antifa so then he like gets in a plane and then he like you know jumps out of the plane and he's going down and they're like you're going to need to uh, they're like Dan you're going to need to uh, you know change locations Antifa's on the ground he goes negative I'm going to take him on or whatever and then he like from the sky with a parachute lands on the hood of Antifa's car and then punches through the window and it goes Loeffler and Purdue Republicans and it's super cringe but it's funny it's funny I think as long as he's self-aware then it's then it, it works you know what I mean but if he really thought that was going to be like a really cool badass thing he was doing, like I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think, I think he gets it. It's like over the top silliness, but yeah, kind of funny. Uh, anyway, I digress. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard's awesome. I love the her. left hates her, and Dan Crenshaw. I think is you know he's okay. He's pretty cool. The Trump supporters hate him. So like you know, with all due respect, because Brett's really, really great dude. I like Tulsi Gabbard, but you know the left really doesn't like me, and they don't like Tulsi at all. Yeah, so need, I don't know who this candidate is. We need are. enough people involved that it touches to you know enough of the consciousness that people will support just something new that where people really believe in it and doing the right thing you know upholding the constitution or whatever. they said jocko willink as well jocko i, would love oh, to I think jocko actually involved. he would get a ton of unity secretary sure. of defense yeah yes yeah ranked choice primary to figure out who the candidates would actually be you know the problem is the best people to be put in positions of power are the ones that don't want it of course the problem is the people who want it the most and are egomaniac psychopaths are the ones who usually get the position and those are the positions that are usually drawn to them so. yeah i mean <clears throat> george washington didn't want it uh, uh u.s grant didn't want it also Side story, uh, Jefferson Davis didn't want to be the president of the Confederacy either. They just named him, and he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Daniel Maxwell says, off topic, but what do you guys think about restricting all elected officials, state and federal, to 12 years max of being, uh, of being yeah. in elected office? I just said we need uh, you know, mandatory uh, term limits for everyone, not just the president of the United States. It's, it makes perfect sense. I love it. It's a complicated job. It's a complex world. There's a learning curve. I don't know. Do you want a bunch of rookies doing it all the time? Yes, because they're going to be ineffective and not know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're not going to get a lot of stuff done. And that, to me, is the I best thing government that. could do is stand back and not do anything. Yeah, or the ones that are ineffective and they vote for more programs and then they're just even more of a waste and bigger disaster. This is interesting. Uh, Bailey Ray says, Tim, the town I live in, Montgomery, Texas, has not shut businesses down nor enforced a mask mandate. He made a public statement early on in the pandemic, and I can send a link if you'd like. Freedom. I was mentioning this too earlier when I mentioned there's this town Mossy Brook where the mayor was like, nah, we're not shutting down. There's probably a bunch of places where they're like, nah, we just don't hear about it because the news doesn't cover these smaller towns. Well, and there hasn't been an incident. Mm-hmm. There's no incident, right? There's unless no the state, outbreak. unless the state governor like goes in and compels them, you know, with the state troopers or whatever to enforce. There's yeah. no incident. Mm, it's not a story. Maddie says people keep saying red states would be a third world country. Isn't Texas and Oklahoma economy together the seventh largest in the world? Also, best was to undermine authority is through laughter. 
We beat the establishment by making them a laughingstock. In fact, isn't that one of the rules for radicals? Ridicule your ridicule. opponents. Ridicule. Yep. Their, their, their most important position. Number 11, I believe. Yeah, ridicule it. Because you can't argue <clears> against <throat> ridicule. I was listening to a, a Hotep, Hotep Jesus clip. He's really smart. He was mentioning that. He's like, this is what they do. So they, they try and mock you by saying, if you come out and say, I believe in, in some kind of like, you know, certain system to benefit us, they'll say that's white supremacy or something. That way, they're essentially triggering their audience and giving you, putting you in a position where you can't even argue because it's nebulous. It doesn't mean anything. Yep. Yikes. Redon Value says, Tim, the Supreme Court actually did the right decision by not choosing that case. Because that case would create the precedent for other states to sue the, the precedent yep. for other states to sue each other, and trust me, we don't want that. E.g., California suing Texas on tax laws or gun laws, perhaps. But I don't necessarily think that like the the court future in the future could say no. Just because precedent exists doesn't mean the courts have to listen to that precedent. They can overturn precedent. Precedent. My understanding is that when someone says like I cite this law. They're basically saying this is the laws that was settled before, so you should probably agree to it. But the Supreme Court can overturn uh, past decisions and past precedent whenever they want, if they so see it. Born Mexican, raised in America, says, Tim, a bill will be introduced into the Texas Congress for Texan to vote to leave the union. Texan have always been have always seen themselves separate from the U.S. SCOTUS really pissed us off. But has, haven't we heard things like this before from Texas, too? You know, Texas was its own country. Mm-hmm. I also read that, they, that when they were being admitted, they were given the choice to be five different states, wow. but they decided to remain as one. And there was some special provision granted to Texas when they joined because they were their own nation, different from many of the other states, which were territories. Boy, I bet they wish they had 10 senators now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you guys see yeah. Tulsi Gabbard um, proposed uh, a bill, H.R. 8970, to repeal the U.S. Patriot Act? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was with uh, that was with wasn't it with yeah, one other guy, Thomas Massey, I think. Yeah, Massey. Yeah, yeah. See, Tulsi's great. I like that Thomas Massey. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, Th- Thomas Massey's a good dude. We Another probably, homesteader. We could probably homesteader. get him on the show. Let's yeah, do I know. It. Thomas Massey. Yeah, I'll hit him up. Thomas, I'll message him right now. I'm already talking to him. You'll message him. Yeah, Luke. What the heck? What I want to have also the 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 peak prosperity guy on. I think he's awesome. Peak prosperity, Chris Martinson. I think he would be a great addition just to have on and talk to him because I think he's done a lot of great work that has helped people. But that's my opinion. I would like to talk to Thomas Massey too. I'm I'm I came to him through homesteading, and then I realized he was a congressman. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's a solar house. All right. Oh, he's got a beautiful house that he built himself yeah, by I hand know. it's incredible oh it's awesome heavy timber made out of stone from the property it's gorgeous oh, wow. all right hayden said i think in order to vote you should have to pass a u.s citizenship test as well as a basic civics test if you can't pass basic u.s knowledge and a test on how the government works you can't vote the issue i see is who administers the test and determines the answers you know i don't completely agree but i don't disagree either like you get a license to drive a car well voting is serious shouldn't you just go to you know and when you're registering to vote you get pass a test so you understand how the process works and why it works the way it does sounds like it makes sense if the test was just about how the process works voting is a right it's not a license issued by the state yeah well gun ownership is a right and in many places you need a license issued by the state (laughs) i agree not saying if it makes any sense yeah, yeah, yeah there's a consistency there for sure yep i mean but dude Skin in the game, older. I understand so many of the earlier <laughs> voting restrictions that were in place now as I get older with more to conserve. Yeah. <sighs> I was so crazy when I was young. I wanted to say that, but I was like, wait, is he going to talk? Is he going to talk? I don't want to talk. <laughs> Just about let himself. that last comment <laughs> fester. <laughs> it sure did. 
Just looking for some uh, some good super chats. You know, yes. just taking it easy. Super chat. Got a lot of super, super chats. Chat. So, uh, super Sean, chatty. Sean Williams says, prosecutors dropping charges is them telling rioters their lives are worthless, that their lives are worth less than the cost of the ammo used to end it. The day is coming when the people will take the law into hand. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried. I'm worried about that. And in a couple different ways, like in V for Vendetta, when the guy's telling the story about what's he's like, I can see everything happening. And then he's at line where he says, eventually someone will do something stupid and the cop kills a little girl. And then the people just come out and start beating the cop to death. I don't I don't think we're anywhere near that. But we're at a point where cops are arresting business owners sooner or later. Someone's going to get seriously hurt. So if this keeps going on, how long until someone actually violently defends their property and their business? And then the cop who shows up shoots the guy. Big difference between defending your property from a looter and defending your property from a law enforcement officer. Wow. That's that's a big step to take. So imagine what we're seeing now, right? We've got multiple videos of business owners yelling at the health inspector, the health officials citing them, screaming, you can't do this to me. It's not a law. You can't do this. And getting fairly aggressive. At a certain point, I, I worry that somebody is going to you know, be in their business. Maybe worry is not the right word, but I, it's possible I think would happen. And they're going to be like, my life has been destroyed. I'm starving. I have no money. And this is it for me. I have nothing left to lose. And they just punch somebody in the face who comes in their business. The cops show up and they say, you know, essentially suicide by cop. Like, this is my last stand. The movie falling. Then down. what happens? Then what? Yeah. But, but then Myers what happens when there's a local business owner? Imagine this possible scenario. I don't know how. I don't think it's very likely. But just imagine you've got a beloved restaurant. The neighbors always come down and they go and they see, you know, you know, Alan and he makes their sandwiches and he serves them every day and he's loved by the neighborhood. His life's been completely destroyed now. His he, he's ripped into his savings. He's lost his home. His business has been destroyed. It's been a year of lockdown. They keep fining him. And he says, I have no choice. Either I do this or I don't eat. What, what, what am I supposed to do? It's like we saw in, in Tunisia, the guy who sparked the Arab Spring. The government kept telling him, you can't sell your fruit anymore. He had a fruit cart. And they kept saying no. So eventually he went in front of a, one of the government buildings and self-immolated. And then the entire North Africa just lit up. People snapped. So imagine you have this guy, beloved member of the community. Everybody knows him. He's a, he's a happy little old, you know, late fifties guy who's always, the kid comes by and he's like, let me get you a sandwich. Don't worry. It's on, it's on me. And everyone loves him. And then one day after finally being beaten down, he says enough. And then he tries shoving and fighting. And then the cops tase him. He goes down in a heart attack. And then the people who know and love him just snap and start beating the crap out of everybody who was enforcing these laws. How long until people just break? It happened in Tunisia. I think that there is a comparison to be made here uh, with the perceptions in the African-American community that the police have already been doing this to them. They've already been killing them. They've already been, quote, violating black bodies and black space. And we've seen the reaction. It's already happening. What you're asking is, is another subgroup of Americans going to feel as though that the police are their enemy and start lashing back. It's already happening in America right now. Not, not, not even like, and that big of a scale, just like one person. So like I mentioned, the V for Vendetta, the little girl is running in the street and then the guy holds up the badge and then shoots the girl. And then the people just come out and they don't care anymore. So like what happens when I guess it's not even about the police in general, they just don't view him as a cop anymore. They just view him as a guy who killed their friend and they just don't care. They got nothing left to lose. With too many people, this business owner and the people who live around him feel like every all is lost. I'll tell you this, because I've, I've now cited this like five days in a row. 
it was a writing from Ulysses S. Grant who said, anybody who feels that the government is repressing them has the natural right to revolution. But just know when you declare this, you are staking your, your life, your property and your guarantees as a citizen. And should you lose, you must live under your conqueror. If they've already taken people's property, stripped them of their guarantees as a citizen and are now, ta- now putting their life in jeopardy, that's when you see Arab Spring level snapback. I was just trying to explain this to my daughter, uh, who's 15 years old, just, just the other day in the car. And I got amped up and she's, you know, she sees it sort of my way, but she's also in Montgomery County schools. So she's getting the leftist stuff. I combat it all the time. And I got amped up, man. You're right. You're absolutely right. This, this, we had revolution for less of an infringement. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. Oh, yeah. We have had revolution for less of an infringement than, than what is happening right now and what will be happening for the foreseeable future. The, these are the conditions for revolution. It is in our history. There is precedent. Even and- other countries, too. I'm worried it'll look more like Syria, though. So, like I mentioned, the Arab Spring, the guy in Tunisia was trying to sell, I think it was apples and fruit, and the government kept stopping and stopping him, and he couldn't survive anymore. So he lit himself on fire. Everybody went nuts. There was uh, uh, some, some papers were written about what caused the Arab Spring. And one of the, uh, they said that there were, there's three components that people need. And it's like food, security, and I, I think maybe like water or something. I don't know. Shelter, I think. Shelter, food, and security. Like knowing that you're going to be safe. Otherwise, you start getting anxious when you have no security. If you have no shelter, then you have nothing to lose. You have nowhere to go. And if you're starving, then you become absolutely desperate. And they're basically saying that the price of food was rising so much that people had become so desperate, they just snapped. They were angry and fed up and didn't care anymore. So I think the riots we saw earlier in the year were part of that. They redirected it into, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff. They controlled that flow of anger. But what happens when regular apolitical people who just don't care and aren't, aren't interested in politics are brought to the brink? And it's like, it's like they're being pushed every day a few more feet to the edge of the cliff. Eventually, they're going to be looking down going, I can't go any further, man. And they're going to turn around and they're going to grab the stick and start swinging with it. What is so weird I see happening is like these in my town, Washington, D.C., so many restaurants have shut down. So many bars have closed for good, permanent, gone. And yet, who do they blame? They blame Donald Trump. (laughs) Right. So like where the anger goes is a whole nother question. There could be that kind of anger. But where does it get directed? When you were describing that situation, I was literally thinking about my family members and their stories about the solidarity movement, where they fought back under communism, since, again, communism set up martial law, and it created a situation where people weren't able to provide for themselves, weren't able to buy products, weren't able to survive, and then they revolted against the communist uh, USSR state and fought back and successfully were able to win. What was so. What did they do? Well... Well, there was a large, massive peace, uh, you know, first it started as a kind of very large peaceful movement. It was a movement that solidified a lot of the working unions, a lot of the working class, as well as the church that came together and resisted and called for national strikes that didn't cooperate with the larger kind of system that the USSR wanted. The USSR literally sent down tanks and they were about to reinvade Poland because of this mass movement that the Polish government tried to squash down and tried to destroy and we could talk about this tomorrow because this, this is i have a lot of things to say especially my uncle being sent to jail and all these crazy personal stories that i could share that is is a huge testament to what i'm seeing kind of right now happening in the united states that's a big red flag and, and a big warning sign for me personally and from where my family in poland came from yeah so. 
Well, so I was saying before, as I'm worried, what we see, what, what's happening here might be more akin to Syria than it was like the Civil War of the Revolution in that you've got different factions that don't agree with each other. And so if we get to the point where the pressure from this lockdown breaks people, you'll have Antifa on their autonomous zones, which we've been seeing for some time. And they're armed militias. They're walking around with like, you know, AR-15s and, you know, other, you know, rifles. And they're taking this territory and saying it's theirs. Well, why would a conservative group interfere? They're not going to go to Portland. They don't care about Portland. They're going to have their autonomous zone in their area. Eventually, you're going to have the Joe Biden establishment apparatus trying to quell different factions who are pushing back and resisting. And then eventually you might see the leftist groups start to come together and the right wing groups have to come together. And then the left and the right groups don't agree with each other. But for the time being, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So what happens after the establishment? And this is an extreme hypothetical. What happens then if the establishment, you know, government, whatever, just crumbles and then you have the right wing faction, left wing faction, some kind of split, all sorts of cryptocurrencies will start popping up. I really don't think we so. shake the Fed federal government. Well, they're trying to pass a new law right now that will make you having your own wallet, your own private keys illegal. The U.S. Treasury Department is trying to thank pa- you, Trump. Pass a proposal right now. Exactly. Why is Trump doing something like this? That's absolutely ridiculous. No, against... he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, how, how, how many times can you keep saying that un- uh, until you really finally understand the bigger kind of ramifications behind that? Totally. I mean, yeah. dude, I, I mean, I've been I supported him. And, and, and I, I support him 2016, 2020, also openly critical the entire time. And this is one of the key areas yeah. for sure. Uh, Tim, on your last point, uh, funny to think who would be a great unifying force that would bring the far right and the far left together. And you know who it is? It's a Kamala Harris presidency. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right? That could be what makes people on the far left, the far right, actually see that they have a common goal. Temporarily. Yes, of course, temporarily. Yeah. All alliances are temporary. But then, you know, what might end up happening is one of the, you've got multiple fa- ideological factions with a singular enemy. And then once, you know, they start winning or gaining ground, they shove out one of the other factions. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is this is how it works. We'll win this fight, and then we'll deal with our stuff later. Yeah. No, but like even before they've won, yeah. once they start, you know, realizing that the establishment government is weakening, you get a Mexican standoff. Totally. Everyone's staring at each other, and it's like, uh oh, you know, who's going to pull the trigger? Totally. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Nathan B says the guy briefing Crenshaw on the commercial was Marcus Luttrell, the Navy SEAL. They made a movie about um, about him, Lone Survivor. Also, I'm a Trump supporter, and I love Dan. Maybe it's because I'm a disabled vet. I don't think Dan's as bad as everyone says. I think he's kind of a chill dude, and he's someone you can talk to. So he's certainly, you know, but a lot of Trump supporters really don't like him. But the left doesn't like Tulsi, and, and, and you know, so I don't, I don't see how she's, like, I, I like Tulsi. I think she's great. You did uh, her. But, but I don't see, uh, you know, there's got, I, don't, I don't know who would be a better candidate, honestly. I don't think there's a unifying leftist candidate. Unless it's an enemy, like you said, Kamala Harris, you know, someone, someone said Donald Trump, Tulsi Gabbard, 2024. <laughs> well, MW says, what the hell is up with Ian and Banks? My God. Well, I got I, when I, you know, I posted a Thomas Jefferson quote on my Twitter earlier that he thinks thought that standing banks was, are more dangerous or uh, that the banking establishment is more dangerous than standing armies. And I. Once you see compound interest and the way that they profit off of loans, um, they used to call it usury, which was illegal by it was by death. They would kill people for for requesting uh, interest on loans. Wow. Uh, they don't do that anymore. Now uh, they love it. Yeah, it's it shouldn't be a for profit industry banking. I don't think. And and the fact that they're they're creating poverty and getting rich off of it. A bunch of socialists up here. Yeah. 
Yep. Bra says, Jack is wrong. Voting is not a right. It's a privilege granted that can be revoked. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that we have a right to vote. Actually, that's not true. Which? Which isn't Seven, true. The, uh, that uh, Bra is wrong. In the Constitution, Amendment 17, it says senators will be appointed by popular vote in each state. No, actually, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Uh, that doesn't necessarily still grant you the right to vote as an individual. It just says senators will be chosen by a popular vote. But then voting could be determined in any which way. It's not specified. So I was wrong on that. Actually, Bro, Bro I believe is correct. Yeah. You got me. All right. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Nova Zero says, Killdozer, Tim. Please buy a bulldozer for your property. That is a folklore hero that embodies the rage, willing to cause damage but not willing to take lives, and unwilling to be step, stepped on by the government. His customer said nothing in tac- uh, said nothing in tacit approval. You know the killdozer story, You've right? You've told yeah. it to me, sir. Yeah, that's crazy. You be cool as I don't know a, about all that, but a bulldozer that vibrated really fast, <laughs> so it dug with its vibration, so you could cut through steel with it. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 Joshua cool, cool. Inzer says, I believe the disabled vets who are also Trump supporters have less issues with Crenshaw than you think. No, you're probably right. I'm not saying every Trump supporter doesn't like Crenshaw. I just know that there's a lot of them that, that don't. And I, I was joking earlier. I actually have no position. I don't really know him. Very I think well. he's a cool dude. I think he's a cool dude. Um, I think I disagree with him a lot on a lot of issues. But, you know, the difference between him and some of the like older Republicans is I don't I don't see Crenshaw as a crony corporatist. He's probably got policy positions I don't like. I know he's he's spoken in favor of having a presence in the Middle East and stuff. I completely disagree. Far be it for me to tell him. I mean, he was actually there and fought in the war. But That's then I key. see someone like Tulsi, you know, who's a major in the National Guard and maybe not the same experience as him. But, you know, I just don't like war. So, But uh, anyway, Jack, uh, thanks for hanging out. Hey, thanks for having me, yeah. Tim. Thank you very much, Lydia. Always so nice to see you. Of course. And apparently you have a you have a website, I believe. In a, in I a have YouTube. a website. I have a YouTube. Jack Murphy Live everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter also especially. Got a book, Democrats are Deplorable. It's very good. It's fantastic. People are saying. People, people are saying. Are saying. People, people are saying. It's a great book. book. The best people. Everybody agrees. And if you're into things like personal sovereignty, masculinity, and brotherhood, come down and check out our all men's organization. We have 400 guys across the country all focused on enhancing these elements in our lives, masculinity, brotherhood, and sovereignty, liminal-order.com. Come down, join the list. Right on. What's your what's your Twitter? Twitter, Jack Murphy Live. Right on. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at TimCast. Check out my other channels, youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. Check out this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all other podcast platforms. Leave us a good review if you're if you're listening because it really does help. The more we get subscribers, followers, and reviews, then they boost you in the rankings. And the more they do that, the more other people see you and then watch. So it's the best way to help share and, and help grow the, the, the show. Otherwise, just, you know, word of mouth really helps. So if you like the show, please consider sharing it. We also got uh, Luke who's chilling. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Jack, from the North Pole. I know it's a very t- busy time ha, of year for ha, you here. Ha, you're, the one, you're the one with the elf hat on. <laughs> I, like I, I got to point something out. I got to point something out, though. Someone made a comment in the chat. Saying that they don't trust men who dye their beards. Yeah, well, that's not. I'm not your you guy. You dye boss. your beard? Oh, no. fake news. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. No so you can correct the record. The you beard is perfectly natural. My loving girlfriend, who's a hairstylist, gave me a trim right before it looks I came extra up good. Today. But, the, but, but, but the color just is, is how it. The yeah. color is totally natural, and I'm testing out a beard product, Mad Viking oh. beard products. Oh. Testing it out today. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> right on, Excellent. Luke. Do you have so, a, so yes? If you would like to find more stuff from me, check out my YouTube channel. We 
are changing. And, and wow, coincidentally, I'm also wearing uh, one oh, of the T-shirts, where you, which you could get. Bill Gates is not a medical which, doctor. Which states, <laughs> which states a fact, which you could also purchase on teesprings.com forward slash we are changed. No, stores, we are teesprings.com, we are changed. Just look it up. You'll be able to find it. And that supports my work. And thanks for allowing me to push that. Yeah. Right on. We also got this weird dude with a crystal I ball. I am a gorilla. <laughs> Live strong. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the opposite. That's me. Anti-jumps. Yeah. Thank you guys, everybody, so much. And shout out to you guys in the chat that have been watching and, and supporting us for so long. And, and so Smash that like button. Yes, like it and share it with your friends if you like it as much as I do. I'm Ian Crossland. You can follow me online at Ian Crossland. Do you have merchandise, Jack? Because I want to get a Jack Murphy hat. <clears throat> I have some merchandise. Check it out, jackmurphylive.com. Oh. Follow me on Twitter. I'll pimp it there hard. There don't you, you worry about it. Excellent. And don't forget to follow Sour Patch Lids, who's pushing all the buttons. Yes, I'm pushing all the buttons in the corner. You can follow me on Twitter, Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S. We will be back tomorrow, 8 p.m. live, so leave us those good reviews. Smash that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and thank you all so much for hanging out, and we will see you all next time. Bye, guys.